Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here today, a little bit later than normal. If you listen at a, at a Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. time slot like you're used to, to discuss Project Luminous. Ooh. It has finally been revealed, Joseph, in a big, giant, 
Olympic-like ceremony. That's right. <laughs> there are hoops and fire. I don't think so. We'll find out. We're going to dive into that. Before we do, uh, we want to remind you, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Four Center Recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, uh, you and I, uh, we have a lot of fun talking in a room to ourselves about Star Wars. <laughs> We miss uh, Jennifer Landa. We know she'll be back on the show uh, soon, but we're not alone today. No, we are not. We have some wonderful special guests from Star Wars Explained. Alex and Molly Damon are in our home. Yay! Welcome, Alex. Welcome, Molly. Thanks for having us again. Yeah, we came out for the Luminous event, and I texted you guys. Not for this at all. No, I was like, we're going to be out, and I want to do this, too. I was going to ask, have you ever been able to, in the last couple of years, take a, a trip to L.A. and and not have to do a, a bevy of Star Wars uh, podcasts? No. I, yeah, I, I think I've only <laughs> ever been to L.A. for work and never yeah. for pleasure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is pleasure. There's a reason right. we all see that you're out here and start texting you. Hey, 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 <laughs> uh, we, we love having you both on these shows. But uh, I, I've, I've, I've wondered that. You should just sneak in one time. Go to Knott's Berry Farm. Go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you should tweet out, we are coming to L.A. for pleasure only. Yeah. And then just see Don't the reactions you, you get. dare talk to me about Star Wars. <laughs> well, that's when all the Star Wars news happens, is when that's we true. go somewhere yeah. just for pleasure. Yeah. Sometime when we're waiting for Star Wars news, if you guys could just go to Greece or something <laughs> so the news happens, <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, we are going to catch up, as we always do, with each other on some Star Wars and or life adventures. Uh, Joseph, I guess, I guess we'll start with you. And I'm definitely curious about our... Well, you're... Your guys' is our guest adventures uh, we're going to actually dive into in the main topic. But, Joseph, uh, how's life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you how my life is. But I, I also want to say that you've had the most interesting life. So uh, we're going to save yours for the big finish okay, of, uh, yeah. of life and Star Wars adventures. I'll take it home then. Yeah, yeah take it home. Take it home. Uh, for me, I've been super busy with a bunch of different projects. So I haven't had as much Star Wars quality time uh, as I have wanted. Not a lot of Battlefront for that. But uh, part of the reason we started talking about Star Wars Life Adventures is because Star Wars sneaks in when you don't plan for it, can't plan for it. Uh, I was filming a thing that I can't actually uh, talk about, which is, yeah. sorry, Hollywood jerk stuff, but it's true. Yep. Uh, so I had no uh, idea that this would include Star Wars. And the camera person showed up and uh, saw my apartment, which is full of Star Wars action figures. And was like, whoa, forget what we're recording. Let's talk about Star Wars action figures. Uh, it turns out this person has an Instagram feed where they uh, just pose action figures. And oh, like had yeah. lots of opinions about the paint detail of three and three quarter versus how you can move Kylo's head on this version of a black series to create this emotion. And he's just like, awesome. I need a Palpatine that has different heads with different emotions. <laughs> So I can tell better stories with Palpatine's head. <laughs> <laughs> the emotions of she. Yeah, and it was great. Doesn't he really just have the one kind of frowny, wrinkly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's different. Uh, different moods of anger, right? You could make a calendar, right? Because there's like super angry, shooting yeah. lightning, angry. There's yeah. smiling a hole, yeah. teasing, angry. Right? When he yeah. first sees Vader. In the suit, he's he's like happy. That angry. is like yeah, the yeah. happiest we see him. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> most of my uh, yeah the weird smile. The most of my apprentice's limbs are gone. Yeah, right. I just kicked Yoda's ass. Smile, cackling. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, I think that right. the, the, the he, many 
He smiles a lot more than I ever thought. <laughs> the many faces of Sheev, uh, Four Center 2021 calendars in the world. <laughs> that is right. We will get that out. So that's my Star Wars life adventure. Alex, you were here for the Luminous uh, uh, reveal, uh, which we will talk about in the main part of the podcast. But have you had any other sort of just Star Wars infiltrating your life in surprising ways that don't have to do with the channel? Um, well, last week we went to New York for the Toy Fair thing. Uh, which, I mean, that was not really a surprising thing, mm. but uh, I Molly got to meet a hero of hers Ooh. Oh. and bring him home. Little, little baby Yoda. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there were baby Yodas everywhere, so I was basically crying the whole time. <laughs> so uh, tell me about your getting baby Yoda at the toy fair. Uh, it was great. Uh, <laughs> it was like just a specific uh, Star Wars merch reveal, and they had a thing set up to do the Yoda... Build-A-Bear, or the Baby Yoda Build-A-Bear. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just, I, I melted. Did you build a Yoda? Yeah. Okay. So I get the Build-A-Bear concept, but do you actually add different limbs to Baby Yoda, or does just everybody build the same Force-sensitive little bear? <laughs> it's actually it's actually quite jarring to see it happen, because you pick him out, and he is not yet stuffed, and oh, then they stuff him in front of you. They shove a tube in his back. Uh, it's a little alarming. But after that, you get to like put his heart in, and that's, that's his the, actual heart. Mm-hmm. There's Ooh. like a whole, a whole mm-hmm. spiel that they Ceremony. do, and you put the heart in, and then they sew him up. But wow. the, the stuffing part was was a little odd. Turn on yeah. your heart light. <laughs> wow. Does, is it like vacuum powered? Do you watch? Stuffing shoot into the back of Baby Yoda? Yeah, well, they they actually have you press the pedal that, like, (laughs) powers this machine. It was a weird... So a weird situation. Can you make him scrawny or plump then, based on <laughs> yeah. your stuffing choices? I, I guess you could. Wow. Yeah, Joseph, I think this is a, I think this is like you and I growing up when our family would go down to the beanbag factory and refill the beanbag chair. Oh, yeah. 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 That's amazing. Uh, Alex, did you get any, any Baby Yoda merch? Uh, I mean, technically, that's 50% mine. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Legally, with, in Georgia. <laughs> with Build-A-Bear, they like give you a basically like a birth certificate, and yeah. they <gasps> ask you to put the owner's name on there, and I just, just put my name. Well, Okay, so in a custody battle. Yeah. <laughs> it's binding. <laughs> well, they, they had a, a Stormtrooper bear and a Darth Maul bear as well, <gasps> and so like I didn't want to be those people that took two baby Yodas. So I, and no one was really going for the, the stormtroopers or the Darth Mauls. So I took one of each of those. <laughs> That's nice. That's and did you fair. put your, your name as the sole, uh, care provider for those? Uh, I put my name on, uh, Darth Maul and we have some friends who just have a, a one-year-old baby. He's about to turn one. And so we were going to give him the stormtrooper. So I put <laughs> his name as the father. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought Darth Maul bear might be too intense mm-hmm. for a one-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> just, Fair enough. Just give them the face, faceless face of fascism in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Give them yeah. You know, for fun. Yeah. yeah. Or just half of Maul. Just the bottom half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grow into it. All right. So that, those That's are great awesome. Star Wars adventures uh, mm-hmm. where I, I got to talk about the faces of Palpatine and you had uh, Star Wars babies. Ken... Your life adventure Man, this week. Man, I, I leveled up Anakin on Battlefront 2, and that was it. No. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, if you listened to yesterday's episode of the Clone Wars Report, I hope yeah, I hope you all did. You, you can, especially in the first segment, I just fade away at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, last Friday, uh, the, uh, I uh, 
I got in a car accident coming back from Screen Junkies. Let that be a lesson about me leaving my house. Uh, And I'm okay, and everything's good. And look, there's bigger problems in the world. Uh, Everyone has bigger struggles. I'm okay. A little bruised and battered. Uh, my car uh, is not with us anymore. <laughs> it's uh, passed into the force. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm actually waiting as record, waiting probably for a phone call from the insurance company to to make that official, which is always that weird game of you're like, I think I want it destroyed, but I, <laughs> I also need the car. <laughs> um, so anyways, everything's fine. Uh, you know, you kind of have those uh, weird moments and it's just kind of uh, happy to be here and also have an unrelated medical issue that happened the night before. Uh, last night was my first night of sleep in five days, and I'm, I'm feeling better. You are and, looking bright-eyed yeah. and bushy-tailed like my squirrel friends. <laughs> yesterday, oh, well, yeah, I'd lo- I'd love, I love squirrels in their lives. Uh, yeah, yesterday, while we're recording, we, we powered through. Uh, all props to Joseph for, for uh, doing more heavy lifting than usual, as I literally, uh, uh, my jaw seemed to just inflame and want to jump off me <laughs> yeah you, you did you were a true hero you powered through the pain hero. like a like a jedi would true hero true hero absolutely <laughs> that's what i'm calling myself no i'm seriously happy to be here but also you know uh, the force works in mysterious ways we'll see i literally i, I take the same way home uh from screen junkies every time i cut through the mountain passes it sounds like a lord of the rings thing but i do and there's these <laughs> tiny dangerous roads but i've taken them for years with no issues and I was telling Joseph off air yesterday, and it's 100. I'm not even making this up for the podcast. I was about to do my left turn that I normally do to go into the hills, this uh, road called Nichols Canyon. And I went, nah, the Bad Batch in Clone Wars was all about <laughs> doing different things and being different and, and changing up and, and diversity in thought and it leads to a stronger you. I'm going straight. 20 seconds later, I was in the back of an SUV. So I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. It is the fate of a driver to confront change. <laughs> it, it is. So anyways, happy to be here. Truthfully happy, happy to be here uh, and with some great friends talking Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's you great. Know? That's great. So, uh, yeah, we are, we are very glad you're alive. Yeah. I feel that goes without saying, and yet I said it. I, well, I, I, in the moments after, again, in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty minor accident, uh, to, to be clear. But in those moments, you don't know. And the car's smoking and smelling and oil's everywhere and I smell burning. And I get out of the car quick, and I had two hats in the car. And I get up, and I was dazed. And I look at my hood is in my windshield. And I go, Meh. My hats. <laughs> and I go back in and I grabbed my Star Wars hat first. So that is a Star Wars adventure. Yeah, that is a Star Wars adventure, grabbing your Star Wars hat. Is uh, it the one you're first. wearing right now? It's the one I'm oh, wearing right man. now, which is due for a change. I, I've had the same style hat for about five now. years. Yeah, but I, I buy a new one every year, but uh, it's, it's, it's due. But now it's yeah, your lucky yeah. Imperial yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah right, right? Yeah. So I think on that note, uh, we are going to uh, charge ahead into the Star Wars news section here. We got, I think, some interesting topics to dive into. Yeah. So happy to have Alex and Molly here uh, to uh, get their opinions on this. So let's first uh, go to this headline. Are we going to Exegol? Well, <laughs> not if you actually read the articles that are out there. A couple things. We'll start with the Hollywood Reporter. They had... I guess it's they're claiming exclusive, and uh, we'll go with that. I don't have a reason to doubt that. I don't know why I'm even suggesting that I doubted that. I, just, I think I saw a tweet from someone in the Star Wars, like the actual news media, who's made kind of a little joke at this being called exclusive. So I don't know what that meant. Yeah. Let's not go down that path. Ken, start over. All right, here we go. Hollywood <laughs> Reporter uh, was the first to put out that director, J.D. Dillard, he uh, just put out a, a movie called Slight. And writer Matt Owens, he did the Marvel Luke Cage uh, series, was a writer on that, the Netflix series. They're developing a new Star Wars project. Unclear if it's a movie 
for the big screen or if it's for Disney Plus uh, or even how far along this development is. As always, this could be a meeting that leaked out or it could be Faint idea, we all know that. THR said this, and we, we, I'm rolling down the facts, so we'll come back to this one. THR said this, and I quote, Plot details, character details, and setting details, I'll say that again, and setting details are unknown <laughs> and are being kept in the murky underworld of Exegol. This prompted Deadline and others to follow up and say the project takes place on Exegol. Uh, this is allegedly unrelated to Feige's project or Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I say that because, you know, these days it's hard to tell. Uh, a little flavor for this. Dillard had worked for Bad Robot, JJ's company, during The Force Awakens. It was listed in the credits as like a production assistant, production uh, help. And he made a cameo in The Rise of Skywalker as the stormtrooper, uh, one of the two, sto- two stormtroopers that falls victim to Ray's mind trick. Uh, on the uh, First Order uh, ship. So I think, I forget his actual quote. I think he's the one who's like, oh man, we're glad you're here, whatever I'm paraphrasing. So he definitely, he's part of the family. All right, team, uh, Joseph, (laughs) lot there. Do we go right for the jugular? Yeah, let's just, uh, (laughs) let's uh, politely, gently rip that throat out. Let's uh, go for that jugular. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the way that Star Wars news is reported in the fan community Mm -hmm. and in the professional entertainment news community and kind of just endless cautionary tales. And yep. I think this is yet another great one where, uh, as you described, THR reported that we don't know anything about <laughs> anything about the movie, including <laughs> setting details. And then what is clearly blatantly flavor text. It, it would be like saying this news is as frozen over as Hoth. Yeah. And then somebody going, turns out they're doing a series of Hoth movies and just <laughs> running with something that, yeah, so... Hey, maybe it's a mistake, but just another thing, I think, to caution mm-hmm. fans of really, really open the link. Do not react to the headline. Open yeah. the link. Check the date of the article. Yeah. Then read the article. Then even start to begin to have feelings or opinions yeah. because the, the news could be as murky as Exegol. <laughs> Force Center's now moving to Exegol. Yeah, I mean, and look, you know, this isn't some YouTube channel that got, uh, you know, has 10 subscribers and is putting some rumor out there. This isn't a blog. This deadline is deadline. Deadline is a huge yeah. Hollywood news source. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, really weird that people uh, ran with that. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex Molly, uh, did you run with that as well? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the temptation was there because yeah. we are YouTubers. And yeah. We just, we're, yeah. You have to clickbait. You have That's to clickbait. <laughs> yeah. Get angry in a car. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't. I haven't even read any of the articles, honestly, yeah. um, because I don't know. After all of the other times, like remember James Mangold and mm-hmm. uh, the Boba Fett series, he was going to do or whatever. Yeah, like, <laughs> old man Boba. Yeah, right. Like I don't know. I'm just not trying to get overly excited. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I, I, I did see all the stuff about Exegol and laughed at it. Yeah. But, same. Yeah, I, I saw something about Exegol and a project, and I zoomed past it on my phone. Uh, <laughs> this this sounds like an, something an intern said, and another intern heard, mm. yeah. and just told one of his buddies. And it's just like Star Wars. The idea of Star Wars news is is just bizarre these days because yeah. anything it could be considered news, but it's not. People get latched on the tiniest little things. Yeah, and kind of, uh, that's the thing is like this. I think I'm sure a meeting happened, or maybe they've been asked to develop something potentially, right? But that's such a big leap to they are making a movie for sure. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah, I absolutely think that there's been meetings uh, and that something is happening 
for now. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. The, I think the Hollywood Reporter also, I remember, was talking about the Kenobi series like three, four years or the Kenobi movie three yeah. or four years ago. And then we didn't hear anything and we didn't hear anything. So it's like, I don't know, maybe we're going to see this Disney Plus series in mm. like five or six years. Right. Is this something we want to see? Uh, A story on Exegol? Oh, just in general? <laughs> I mean, I would like to see it in like a a documentary two-hour special. Yeah. Like Inside Exegol. <laughs> like, I think some weird kind of storytelling would work. Yeah. yeah or maybe, I li- yeah. And maybe the Sith on Exegol. <laughs> all, the, all the Sith cultists yeah. talking, but their faces are blacked out. It's like a reality show. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like Exegol. I like that, that story. I mean, I'm fine that they didn't take the time to explain every detail in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with some mysteries in the movie getting getting fleshed out other places. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be great to have a, a planet full of Sith cultists. And you could tell the story of like two people who are like, we're not sure about this. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else is busy we're, making new outfits and ships. <laughs> we're trying to move to Batu. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, in terms of the creators behind this, uh, J.D. Dillard and Matt Owens, uh, I, I admit not too familiar with both other than names, but uh, Joseph, uh, anything that's Marvel, we definitely lean on you for what it might mean. Uh, Matt Owens, the Luke Cage series, do you th- see anything in there that you like to pull to Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I've only watched the first season of Luke Cage, I haven't okay. watched the second. Uh, he's also been a writer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm always excited mm. when it's somebody who has worked in genre, and I because th- I think it is this unique challenge to sort of be aware slash pay respect to what has come before while also trying to make it new and your own. Mm-hmm. The The Luke Cage in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is maybe uh, most of interest because the TV side of Marvel has had such a weird, challenging time with the movie side of Marvel where the mm-hmm. TV side is like, look, we're in the same universe as the movies. And yeah. the movies are like, we will never acknowledge you, but every <laughs> once in a while, if an actor wants to, then it doesn't mess anything up we're doing. You, you can have them on your show and yeah. kind of claim that you're a part of it. Like, so in terms of working with whatever Star Wars is going to be on the movie side, mm. uh, having that experience yeah. of being all a part of it while also not necessarily feeling fully a part of it. It seems like good writerly experience. And, and, and we talked about this recently with Kevin Kiner and the Clone Wars, uh, Joseph, about how, you know, in, in this in this business, you can get pigeonholed into you know, certain things and you might want to break out. Say you want to start talking about Indiana Jones more on your Star Wars channel. And uh, <laughs> uh, you can find some, uh, you know, uh, obstacles in, in your way for that. But uh, Matt Owens having a lot of TV experience, that would lead me to think, yeah, Disney Plus is a better home for whatever this project might be yeah. if at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't I haven't seen Slight, but I read up a little bit about it and it yeah. sounded really cool. And I'm all ex- I'm all for, you know, younger, more yeah. creative uh, filmmakers. Uh, I kind of think when when they when Disney started with uh, the, the the movies, it, it feels like they went after a lot of people who had done one blockbuster, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, Gareth Edwards and Colin Trevorrow. Uh, Trevorrow. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm, I am more interested in, did you make an, a small indie film with really good characters that really resonated at like Sundance and things like that? I'm kind of more interested in them grabbing those kinds of right. filmmakers. Because I feel like you have a team around you to handle the blockbuster part. Right. And I want a filmmaker who's really creative and invested in the character and the themes and the ideas. Especially going forward. We, 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 like you said, they brought those people. We got the big blockbusters. Star Wars is always going to be blockbusters if it's in the theater. But, yeah, to, to bring someone a little different sensibility. Yeah. You know, that could work. Alex Molly, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, with Dillard's work. So we'll start there. But also say the uh, the thought that he is in the Star Wars family. He's been in a Star Wars film in a cameo role. Worked under J.J. Uh, in Force Awakens. Does that 
help or, or, or hinder your excitement for any potential project from him. Yeah, I didn't know that he was in uh, Rise of Skywalker. That's pretty fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that, I think, definitely lends credence to him being in talks just because, like, all the previous directors have pretty much had cameos at some point. <laughs> um, and we also watched the first season of Luke Cage and liked yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I really enjoyed the first season hmm. of Luke Cage. I don't know that we watched the second season. We didn't. <laughs> the Defenders <laughs> kind of killed my oh, yeah. <laughs> interest oh, yeah, yeah. in moving forward, unfortunately. But, <laughs> uh, but Luke Cage was good. And, uh, yeah, I think I would also kind of hope it's disney plus Mm -hmm. i just because i don't know the there's already four movies supposedly in production right now between johnson and feige and it's like that's already going to last us a while yeah i did want to ask you both how you're feeling about 2022 uh do you think there is actually going to be at this point a big screen movie in 2022 because right now we're just going on that date that they released or but it seems like they're still trying to figure out exactly what the direction is I want to say yes for now, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what they say at Celebration. I yeah. think that's going to be the make or break point where if they say, here's what the next movie is and give us some details, then we'll know. Uh, but if they wait beyond that, then it's like, well, there's only two years left. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying not to get my hopes up really on any future movie release news just because it's changing all the time. But all the Disney Plus stuff I'm very excited about. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a good spot. It's a good spot yeah. just to flip on that app and right. watch watch a Star Wars. <laughs> it's nice to be in that place where yeah. we don't know, you know exactly what's going to come in 2022, for sure if it's going to come in 2022 besides that one date, but it's not like we are, are bereft of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got ourselves a lot of Star Wars. So uh, we will f- have any updates, of course, if any of this becomes Real. Uh, speaking of real, <laughs> we know that Dave Filoni is real and Ahsoka Tano is real in a lot of people's minds, mine included. So Dave Filoni had a little interview uh, with um, where he was talking about Ahsoka in The Rise of Skywalker. This is with io9. And he said this, and this quote went around, but the first part of the quote, which is a good quote, by the way, but Filoni said this specifically uh, about Ahsoka. I have to wonder with Star Wars fans. They seem to watch the movies, but they don't take all the lessons. Uh, uh, they deal a lot in absolutes, which is very much a Sith thing. Full stop. We can. Uh, that became many a story. A lot okay. of people were going there. But he goes on. <laughs> I remember in The Empire Strikes Back, Luke speaking out through the Force to Leia. Vader also does this at the end of Empire Strikes Back. There's no absoluteness that these people are dead. I mean, some of them we know are dead. So uh, we'll, we'll go dive into that in a second. He says Ahsoka's voice in The Rise of Skywalker doesn't have too much of an impact on what he's doing with the character now. It doesn't necessarily mean more than the Clone Wars, uh, but no confirmation. Uh, again, no confirmation if there will be any Ahsoka material outside of the Clone Wars. He could just be talking about what's coming down the line uh, for us all in Season 7, or it could be an entire Ahsoka, Ahsoka movie series. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Joseph, uh, this first part of the quote is something we have talked about before. The lessons of Star Wars oh, sometimes yeah. seem to be forgotten. Uh, what do you think about him saying that there? Yeah, I mean, I I think this is a uh, a text interview, right? Is there an audio uh, edition of this? I think just text, yeah. Okay, because I, I think with Filoni, uh, one should always go to the audio because mm. I think he teases sometimes on purpose, yeah. not only with mm-hmm. T-shirts, but with <laughs> his tone, you know? And I can see him saying this in a kind of like, I'm kind of poking at you, like, come on, guys, you've got yeah. this piece of canon. I can kind of take it that way of, of him right. just saying 
hey, people have heard other voices through the force without that person being dead before. So come on, guys, remember your canon. Mm-hmm. I can also take it as a little bit of he is totally, you know, the the Padawan of Lucas. And I think he has taken a lot of these deeper themes to heart about mm-hmm. things like absolutes. And maybe this is there's an element of actual frustration from his part mm-hmm. of, of people not uh, tuning into some of the big thematic ideas and, and getting a little bit obsessed with the the details of like mm-hmm. X or Y, she is dead or she is not. Which one is it? Give us an answer. <laughs> Versus <laughs> let, let's think about all, all of the, the ideas of what it is to be alive and dead and what it is to be a, a Jedi. And, you know, we don't have any answers of yeah. what Rey is doing. She just says the Jedi have, that have come before. Yeah. We don't have any answers of how all of those people are talking to her. It seems like uh, it would have been uh, more helpful if the quote from Ahsoka Tano in Earth Skywalker was, Ray, I'm not dead yet, but I'm here to encourage you with these words. (laughs) I'm busy in the unknown regions. However, I I totally agree with Filoni and like that people don't always take in the lessons of Star Wars. But in this specific case, it's like, all the other characters are dead. So I understand people being like, oh, is Ahsoka gone too? And I mean... She would be fairly old by this point, yeah. so I don't think it's an unreasonable question. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that like Ahsoka could pop up as a Force ghost, and Filoni would be like, "That doesn't necessarily mean that she's gone." <laughs> like, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, she's traveled through the world between worlds. Right. I think anything yeah. goes with her. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It, it almost seems like he maybe has something in mind. Because yeah, Alex, I, t- I take your point of like, well, not all of them are dead. I guess some of the everyone but Ahsoka is right. dead. So I guess by association. Uh, yeah. But it, it seems to me like I, I think you know various rumblings and rumors and common sense are true that he is probably developing this next yeah. uh, this Ahsoka uh, and Sabine's search for Ezra. And I yeah. really hope that he has an end point in mind because yeah. I love Ahsoka to death. Yeah. But I I want to have that arc of her story complete. I don't care if she becomes the world between yeah. worlds and exists in some, uh, you know, bizarre a uh, new force way that Dave Filoni is making up. Mm. But I, I would really love to see that story instead of having the, like, she can always be a mystery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's so much with that character, uh, Molly, right? I mean, we yeah. want more Ahsoka. Yeah, I, I I, think this was, like, way back in Rebels days. I had the idea that maybe Ahsoka would become the new Bendu. Because, mm. mm-hmm. like, when we, saw, when we saw Ahsoka the White, yeah. I was like, oh, she looks, yeah. like, mythical yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's funny because Filoni did that uh, drawing of Gandalf at Ahsoka, right? Mm-hmm. He posted that. And I think he even kind of mentions in this article, I got a sense of he was like, oh, man, I put that out there. And people went crazy. Whoopsie. But it's like, Dave, you know. But yeah. <laughs> you know what you're doing there. Um, yeah, Alex, uh, just in terms of Ahsoka herself, like, like Joseph said, do you feel you, you kind of want to uh, be treated to the end of that story, that character story? I think so. Uh, I mean, I kind of was thinking that they would wrap it up in Rebels, mm. and uh, they didn't, and I'm excited to see her come back, but I think if we spend too much time with any one group, it, it'll be like the Skywalkers all over again, mm. where it's like the sequel trilogy, was. there's no way it's con- going to please everyone because there's so much baggage with the Skywalkers, and eventually I think Ahsoka's going to reach that same plateau where it's like, well, now people have splintered off into factions of how they appreciate Ahsoka. It's like (laughs) eventually we're going to have to like just keep cycling in new characters to fall in love with. And like, I I think that I'm always going to prefer to go somewhere new. I'd rather a story end 
mm. rather than like slowly die, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think my thing too, with, with I, I totally understand people reacting to the thought that might, that she might be dead and having that reaction. But to me, I always think like my favorite character uh, in Star Wars is Obi-Wan Kenobi and he died in the first Star Wars anything (laughs) and we're still telling stories about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. Years of people being mad about Maul being dead. We're still telling new Maul stories. Mm. So I I just kind of want to get that part of the puzzle. Yeah. But I don't feel that means in any way, shape, or form that we're done hearing stories about Ahsoka. I just want to hear that part of her journey. Yeah. So that's not so that isn't doesn't define her so much because you watch the Clone Wars and like yeah. how she can make it through Order sixty six. Then she faces Vader and is it the the you know year year and a half whatever that was of is she alive? I, I want to be done with that part of her story. I totally and agree. Just know where did, where did she end up because it's not the end of telling stories about her. Yeah, to get the final story get, and have Dave control the the narrative he wants to tell in that. Yeah, as far as the you know, character being dead, I think that's so great. Obi Wan because. Oh, you know, Alec Guinness is not in a lot of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, but it's like, you, you know, you go to the final Avengers movie. Do you think Thanos is going to win or do you want to hear how he's going to lose? Like, yeah. What's the story? You, you know, a lot of stories are predictable along the way. It's what surprises you. So you'd mentioned Soka versus Vader and Rebels. That surprised me. Yeah. And in a wonderful way. Final question, especially because you guys here, we have talked about it before. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on your uh, your show, but I want to get your opinion firsthand. The idea of Soka. Ahsoka Tano in live action is very intriguing and tantalizing. I think we're all interested in some level. It could be a harsh reality. If it is, that it's not actually anything. What do you guys feel about Ahsoka in live action? I'm for it, but I would want it to be like a mall and solo kind of thing. Mm. I, I still want Ashley to voice her. Mm. I, I think it would be weird to hear anyone else but Ashley's voice come out. So maybe it's like a full-on digital character mm. or a stunt double uh, that she then voices over. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I like I would want Dave Filoni to be completely in charge mm. of whatever this would be. And he hasn't really done. He's done a little bit of live action with the Mandalorian, but he's mostly animation. So mm. I don't know how I feel about it. Maybe that's why he wanted to work on the Mando is like so he could get build up his skills yeah. and then take Ahsoka it's a live action. I think the uh, the if they do another uh, animated series, I think it should end with Ahsoka passing through some weird portal in the Force where she becomes live action at the end, <laughs> <laughs> like that old Simpsons episode where Homer becomes 3D. It's now ancient 3D, that right? A, yeah, that was a big event too. <laughs> he basically becomes N64 level of technology, right? Uh, yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, and now she's live action. Literally, as you're talking, I was like, wait, didn't the Simpsons do that? Yeah, Simpson did it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really interesting what you, all you were talking about, the idea of with what they've done on Mandalorian, what they've done with the volume and all this tech, including most of the shots with uh, the stunt uh, performer as the Mando. Even the armor was fully digital and a lot of it blows my mind. I didn't even yeah. know that. <laughs> it, it, some shots, it's, it's real, but there's, there's been some stuff released that's like a lot of it was just... Digital, which, hey, look, Tony Stark uh, and I, a lot of his, uh, he's not walking around in that Iron Man stuff. <laughs> so I, I guess it's more possible than I even thought, Joseph, that you could just put a performer in there, digitize it, and Ashley does the voice. Yeah, yeah. Particularly if it is just a, the the solo, uh, the mall and solo comparison mm. is great. Even, specifically if it's a, a, just a short shot in particular. Yeah. yeah. But I struggle with not having Ashley Eckstein do the voice as well. Same. 
Same. Absolutely. I think a lot of people do. So uh, we're going to move on to this one here. Get your wallets out. The Rise <laughs> of Skywalker and the Saga films, they have a home release date set. Uh, looking at uh, CNET for this story, but this was everywhere here and much debated as one would imagine Star Wars. All right. For Rise of Skywalker, here's the release date. March 17th, Blu-ray, March 31st, the Ultra 4K HD, I can't afford that TV yet, uh, comes out. That's the United States release date in the UK. Uh, digital's April 13th. And the physical is April 20th, day after my birthday, for all you UK fans celebrating my birthday. Uh, then, then, March 31st. Wow, this one, I, I'm going to have to get that TV. Skywalker Saga, the complete set, 4K, Ultra HD, Best Buy, $250. Uh, this is the big set here. I, it, it's got like a handwritten letter from Mark Hamill <laughs> congratulating you on your purchase, I guess. <laughs> uh, special features, it's a very presentable box. So we'll talk about that. But the Blu-ray for Rise of Skywalker, that's what everyone want to know. The special editions include a feature-length doc called The Skywalker Legacy, uh, production and creature maker special uh, features, and the digital release is a special feature on John Williams. And yes, no deleted scenes. So I think we'll end up on the Skywalker uh, set here and just uh, see how much allowance we're going to save up, Joseph. Yeah. But let's start with the headline. No deleted scenes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think March 17th is the digital release. And then I think oh, yeah, all yeah. The, uh, the hard copy Co- stuff is on March 31st. March 31st. Because, yeah, they do that normal dance where, like, I would love to just buy the Blu-ray, but I have to buy the digital That's first. Right. <laughs> you right. monsters. Uh, which I'll do. Yeah, the, the no deleted scenes is fascinating to me. Uh, I, and I wonder if it is uh, just that there aren't things that they really want to complete mm-hmm. or if it's being saved for a later edition or if it is just a rare moment of not wanting to fan the flames of the coulda, shoulda, woulda discussion of mm-hmm. if they have shots of some of the stuff that we know was in early drafts of the film, we know it's going to be in the novelization, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if they just don't want to have the <laughs> hours of uh you know tweets of why didn't you have kylo talk to the baby head yeah. you know kind of thing <laughs> i do agree with that uh where, where do you guys sit on this yeah i'm bummed i mean yeah. i i wanted to see i wanted to see the baby head hey, <laughs> i would I, like to see the baby the, i i never don't want to see a weird baby head on mustafar don't get me wrong that's always my first <laughs> thought in the morning i want to see a baby head on mustafar <laughs> And, and it's odd that, yeah, it's going to be in the novelization, so it's not like they're yeah. wiping that out of the story completely. Um, you know, I, I I just like seeing deleted scenes and, yeah, that what could have been, but uh, I'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the other possibility is that they are, they are truly bits and pieces and it would take money and time. So, like, if yeah. the baby head was not realized digitally and it is, then they just decided, like, yeah, we're not going to release a green screen of Adam Driver. Mm yelling at you know a large green ball that would have been replaced with the baby head and we can do that for a later edition yeah i'm wondering like how many deleted scenes there are and like how much footage there is out there that could potentially be a deleted scene and if they're just couldn't decide what to pick so they're like none of it Mm -hmm. um but i also think that this is something that could definitely show up years later Mm. in a documentary or something. And maybe they're just saving it for Uh, people to calm down. And that is what they did with (laughs) the force awakens. Like they did kind of a bare bones release. And then for December Mm. they did like the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and and going back to that, because they did release some force awakens and there's not a ton, right. uh, If I recall, 
Uh, I, and you have to go back and, and, and go to your library and look at the microfiche back then. But <laughs> around that time, J.J. Abrams, he, he was on the record saying, I don't like deleted scenes. It's not what I do. That's not the movie. Director's cuts, deleted scenes, what's on the screen in the theater is my movie. Um, and then, you know, doesn't mean he doesn't have them. Whereas Ryan Johnson is, and this isn't a slide on J.J. at all, uh, Ryan is a film nerd. He is a collector. He is a, oh, there's a Criterion collection. And I think he wants to participate in that because that's what he loved. He loves the deleted scenes, documentaries, give it all, put it there. I'm a film nerd. And this is what we're doing. JJ has indicated that he's not so much this. I mean, even this documentary is not necessarily on the rise of Skywalker. It's on Skywalker's legacy. Um, but I still think that doesn't mean Lucasfilm's going to say, sure, JJ, whatever you want. I, I think a December release, a later release, get more money out there mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is, a, is, a, is a reality. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting. Ryan Johnson seems to enjoy sharing his process, yeah. like saying, here is exactly why I considered, you know, doing this opening where the we, you thought it was a planet, but it's Finn's, you know, uh, Bakta suit, uh, <laughs> container thing. Or, or the here's why I had to edit out this great scene of Mark Hamill, not Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker morning. Yeah. Uh, whereas like Abrams, like, yeah, when he put out the Maz Kanata kind of using the force. Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's not, uh, I cut it out because I changed my mind. She doesn't yeah. use the force and then other people think she, you know, like, yep. yeah, he seems to not want the confusion, whereas Ryan Johnson savors the process. Absolutely savors it. And, and even with the novelization, he was so excited that I, getting the Star Wars novel was part of my childhood. So <laughs> it's, it's there. Um, final note on this uh, Skywalker Saga collection. Uh, which includes movies most of us own in many other forms. <laughs> but who? But not in one big box. That's yeah. right. Are you, you guys going to add this to your collection there at home? Sure, we yeah. will. <laughs> we, like, we don't have anything that actually plays 4K discs. But we will one day. But yeah. <laughs> Future proofing your collection. Uh-huh. Waiting for that PS5. Yeah. I hope Mark Hamill's letter just says, Congratulations on buying these movies again. <laughs> he did it. Congrats on your new box. <laughs> Mark Hamill. Yeah. This is like, uh, what's the Men in Black joke? Now I'm going to have to buy the White Album again. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, I, I know we could sit here and say no, but. When you walk into a Best Buy, which I don't think I've done in five years. Yeah, yeah. So five years from now when I walk into a Best Buy, maybe. I mean, I do I do like the idea of a big complete box and jokes aside, the Mark Hamill letter sounds really cool and, and interesting and fun. Yeah. Uh, I think my last thought on all of this is I'm so intrigued if that Skywalker Legacy documentary is going to be the process of making Rise of Skywalker and let us in even a little bit to the behind the scenes or if it really is going to be interviews with people talking about uh, the legacy of the Skywalkers. Mm, yeah. I, I would love just a special feature of 20 minutes of Chris Terrio really doing a great job explaining his decisions and people just yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> like that's sorry. That's me. Uh, dark, dark. Uh, all right. Final story of the day. Hey, toys, toys. And our guests, uh, as I said, they had some experience with star Wars toys recently. This is all going to sync up beautifully toy fair. We got a lot of star Wars stuff out there, including some great clone war stuff that popped up some pictures. I think some of it coming to galaxy's edge, the, the child or the asset, depending on, depending on how you refer to uh, baby Yoda, uh, a lot of stuff coming up. <laughs> let's uh, that would really be telling of who you are as a person. I got it. I got an asset. <laughs> <laughs> I got a plush asset. Mine has a target literally on his <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> our, sh- our shared narrative is, oh, uh, never mind. Um, UK fans, 
pretty soon. Oh, uh, the two of you who haven't watched, we're, we're, we're ready to spoil it. No, spoil it no more. Uh, anyway, so we're going to focus on the 40th anniversary uh, Empire Strikes Back figures. A lot of different stuff coming out there. Uh, and uh, there is uh, the Black Series 40th anniversary vintage line. They always do such a great job with that. And then they also got the three and three quarter uh, retro figs coming out. The Black Series line will include... But I don't ever think limited to uh, Bespin Duel Luke, Dagobah R2, which is my leader in the clubhouse, is my favorite figure. <laughs> Hoth pilot uh, uh, outfit Luke, ready to take down that uh, at at uh, Leia fixing the Falcon. This uh, the goggles. I need to have that. Empire jacket Han. Lando just really bold looking cape. The colors on it look great. <laughs> Rebel Hoth trooper. Yoda with snake. At at driver. Tie fighter pilot. Probe droid. Snow speeder set. And a slave. One retro figs include Yoda. Leia, Hoth Han, Bespin Luke, Lando, and Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Uh, Joseph, I know you're partial to the three and three quarters. Yeah. What do you feel here? Is your heart being pulled in different directions? Or oh, you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about a lot of these, but it's such a dark time for the uh, traditional three and three quarter yeah. line. And even for the, uh, the vintage line, I'm really happy for these vintage figures. I'm hoping that they announce... Uh, more from the actual Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian because those are kind of bare now for the mm. vintage three and three quarter. Yeah. So setting aside uh, those hopes and fears, <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited for these. I the, there's a vintage uh, uh, three and three quarter Slave One. I think that's like $150 mm-hmm. uh, that I am going to save up my allowance because yeah. I did not have the Slave One as a child. I did not buy Ooh, it yeah. during the Power of the Force era. And damn it, this is the time <laughs> I'm buying me that Slave One. And then I'm going to have to buy a, a you know vintage edition uh, three and three quarter Boba Fett, too. And, oh, and then the yourself. Ugnaughts. Right? Yeah. It's, oh, it's going to go on and on. Oh, harm, haunt, carbonite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of great choices here. Molly, you're looking at this. Put your plush child down for a moment. What do you think about these figures? Uh, we don't actually own that many like old school character black series mm. uh, figures, but I'm with you. the The Dagobah R2 is is calling I, my name. <laughs> it's it's totally ready. It looks like it's in the uh, 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 Seagulls video there, the bad lip reading video. It's just covered <laughs> in dirt. I love that. And I normally don't collect the droid figures, but I I think I might need this R2. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, like most of our action figures are just the ones that I had as a kid, which mm. was an extensive collection that I ripped them all open. Sorry, guys. Oh, uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah. You were but, a child. We'll forgive you. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so that's like mostly the extent of our collection. And then I like to get uh, just the characters that speak to me the most, which recently were like Cal Kestis, the second sister, the Mandalorian we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those are really the only action figures we bought in a while. So uh I don't know. Like, I, I'm more interested in getting some of those outside of the movies figures mm-hmm. uh, or if they were to finally do a big Stark lighter, mm-hmm. uh, nice tall mm-hmm. black series. <laughs> they've, they've got Luke. They've got Wedge. Yeah. Where's Biggs? Yeah, nice. Uh, I guess that mustache is a little, very expensive to mold. Yeah. Yeah. It's too big, too powerful, too much plastic. It's too heavy. <laughs> it's called the Star Wars Explained Edition. Yeah, I'll take it. I did want to throw out an anecdote about mm. being at the toy fair. They oh, were yeah. talking about doing uh the child and how they were like we couldn't get started mm. until after the episode but john favreau did tell us it was coming and he showed us the puppet and he was like all right i'm going to show you this thing and it was like two years ago mm. and he pulled it out and they all went it's a baby yoda and he went no <laughs> it's the child <laughs> i was like i just love that everyone's reaction is that 
Yeah, and I love how how he's already getting mildly annoyed in interviews. Yeah. Like, in pre- I'm sure when he like uh, if he uh, steps on stage at Celebration, he'll be like, "Well, here's John Favreau," and you're like, "Hello, it's called the Child." <laughs> damn it! Well, when you even have Uncle Bob Iger going, "John Favreau was told me I can't call it Baby Yoda anymore." And, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's gone deep there. Yeah, even on one of my uh, my t- Twitch streams this week, I was talking about baby yoda and someone someone was like you know it's not actually yoda and it's like i know let us have this fun let us have this no we all know if anyone says that to me i want to just act real confused like, what, what? Uh, could, you, could you make a video to explain that to me <laughs> <laughs> the figs are, are coming out soon look for them and yeah i'm with you, you joseph uh just give me a little bit i know there's a zori bliss coming out yep i know i'm aware of that one add that to my zori collection which is growing uh I, but Give me a little bit more, man. Don't don't cut us off. Even with the three and three quarters, don't three, cut us yeah, off. Yeah, the vintage and the black series. There there are a bunch of great things from from Mando. Uh, you know, I want uh, Werner Herzog not just as a Funko Pop, <laughs> which I will buy, but in every possible figure size. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. All right, that's a, a look at Star Wars news. Yeah, there's always other things that pop up, and in fact, the biggest thing is going to be our main topic, Project Luminous. We're going to dive into that after the break. But before we do, we want to do our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Yeah, we are in uh, in Clone Wars hype because the show has returned, so we wanted to suggest a Clone Wars book, so we are suggesting Dark Disciple. It's a great Clone Wars story, lots of great stuff with uh, Saj Ventress and Quinlan mm-hmm. Voss, and as I have been fond of telling friends when they ask me, does anybody ever, does, it, does Star Wars get sexy? Like, well, let me tell you about Dark Disciple. <laughs> turn down the lights. Yeah, Dark turn down Disciple. the lights and listen to Dark Disciple. If you want to listen to Dark Disciple sexy times, download your free <laughs> audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook on us. On the other side of this break, Project Luminous is here. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. All right, we are back here on Four Center, and it's time. We've been waiting for this announcement for... Quite a while, and it was like Gabbo is coming. Uh, you're making a lot of Simpsons references today. Uh, it is here, Project Luminous Revealed, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, so it is revealed as something that we had heard rumblings about. It is the High Republic. Uh, Alex was there at the announcement, so we'll get some insights there. But before we dive into our big conversation about it, I just want to run down the actual news. Got these bullet points. Uh, Alex, you were there. Please jump in if I got something wrong or there's some other uh, uh, specific nuance that is missing. So, big picture. It is, Project Luminous is the High Republic. It is set 200 years before the Skywalker saga. It is the height of the Republic and the Jedi Knights, all when they were good. Uh, It was described sort of mood-wise as Jedi Knights of the Round Table. Uh, It is introducing these new villains, the Nile, that are being described as Space Vikings. Uh, In the YouTube video announcement, there were familiar aliens in the concept drawings, so it should be interesting to see kind of where they're coming from if some of the aliens are familiar. Also, in the YouTube video describing this, uh, their motto, the Space Vikings Nile, motto was described as, uh, you can't take it with you, but we can take it from you, which sounds like a really menacing greeting card. (laughs) So I appreciate that from the Nile. The story is going to be told across comic books, books uh, for all ages, uh, with more partners to come. The little video they flashed up included things like Insight Editions, which uh, publishes a lot of the kind of flavor things that aren't narrative necessarily. Uh, Viz Media, which is known for doing manga. Uh, DK, which of course does the visual dictionary, so a lot of more a lot more partners coming that aren't just strictly narrative. Uh, and then the general conflict. Where's the conflict coming from if everything's so good? 
It's been described that the Republic's borders are are still being expanded, so there's a sort of Wild West territorial vibe. Uh, There is a disaster that happens that is the catalyst of this storytelling, and they also confirm that there are still scoundrels and bounty hunters. Don't worry, it's not just Jedi. There are people for the Jedi to perhaps uh, look down upon, (laughs) like scoundrels and bounty hunters, and fight with. The uh, primary authors include Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott and Charles Sewell. And the first book is going to be Star Wars, colon, The High Republic, colon, Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell. It's going to be an adult book, and it is out August 25th, 2020, right before Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, so people can pick if they want to stay up and party or go back to their hotel rooms and (laughs) just voraciously read. And then uh, to wrap it up, StarWars.com, their actual text article says, This period on the Star Wars timeline will not overlap any of the film features or series currently planned for production, giving creators and partners a vast amount of room to tell Star Wars stories with new adventures and original characters. So that is kind of a big picture look at what the actual narrative is going to look like when it's set and some of the kind of behind the scenes details. Alex, what other kind of um, nuances or ideas did you hear at the actual event? Uh, the only thing that really jumped out at me and it stopped me if we're going to talk about this later uh, had to do with the Nile and just kind of their attitude. They described them as being very punk rock and specifically incredibly different from the First Order or the Empire or even the Sith Empire. Uh, it looks like they are kind of like Mandalorians, like a group of people, not like the Yuuzhan Vong, who are just one race coming into attack. It's a... Uh, like a group of like-minded bad people okay. that are going to be this threat. Yeah, I likened them to the the cloud riders, but if they were actual bad guys. Yeah, I, I think that's mm. pretty apt. Um, and the concept art, they were shown with like gas masks, and they said that was very intentional. And Charles Soule vaguely said that they can use hyperspace in a dangerous and interesting way. It also sounds like uh, the great disaster is going to be hyperspace based. This is pure speculation, but some of the books, uh, their synopses have said that uh, these Jedi are being pulled out of hyperspace across the galaxy. So I think that maybe, I don't know, the Nile could hit like a button and just shut hyperspace down and maybe okay. strand people in various parts of the galaxy. Uh, and maybe the great disaster is like, oh, hyperspace doesn't work anymore all of a sudden and we're all stuck. That's pure speculation on my part okay uh, but that that's about it i think you hit everything else excellent yeah that's a great uh, description of the nile I, I heard the space vikings thing but the more punk rock aesthetic being on purpose and like you know th- these aren't your your granddaddies uh, star wars <laughs> villains kids kind every, of a vibe every time they enter a scene there's like a <laughs> yeah, when the Nile aren't on screen, everybody should be asking where the Nile are. That guy from Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the Dufourier. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome. Well, let's uh, let's dig into it then. Uh, Ken, I'll start with you. What excites you about this project? What are, what are the good things for you? I, I am... I am intrigued by all of it. I, I am... I am... This is... This announcement showed up. It, it kind of matched everything we heard. And I am personally in a... I wouldn't use the word excited to describe me, me about anything on this, but I'm very intrigued. Okay. Okay. Uh, but what pulled me in a little bit more, um, I saw the concept art of the Jedi and everything, and I went, okay. It was the Nile. Uh, because of what you're describing, they're not 
It's not some giant army trying to take over the world that all, you know, stormtroopers and everything. And I love that stuff. But, hey, something cool comes in. And it is the Wild West territory land grab idea and the Viking thing of as the galaxy expands and they've got to, you know, again, now I'm just speculating of like, is there a battle for land, planets, systems, hyperspace? And that's why it's important to the growth of the galaxy. Uh, that that does start to excite me. Yeah, I mean, pull me into it. Okay, great. This is I'm sure I'm going to have a map and I love maps. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you combine the reality of Vikings in Wild West, I mean, we can kind of just hear those as genre ideas. Yeah. But the reality of those is people deciding that this land should be mine Mm -hmm. in very aggressive ways. And it should either be a testament to what I believe in or I just believe that anything that exists yeah. should be mine. So I'm a, I'm going to come take it. And, yeah. and that gets to be some very different kind of storytelling than than a government takeover, which is basically, yeah. you know, different iterations of, of Star Wars conflict have been government takeover versus this planet should belong to me, should belong to our culture. Yeah. Well, now I'm kind of wondering uh, with the Wild West, maybe so the Republic is supposed to be not as big as it mm-hmm. as we know it to be. And they're growing, so maybe it is kind of like a government takeover, but we're following the government doing the takeover. <laughs> and, like, the Nile are like, hey, like, we've been here, and I'm sure they won't be ruling very nicely on the mm. planets that they control, but yeah. it could be, like, a flip of what we're used to seeing. Yeah, it makes me think lots of Star Trek things, too. If the mm. Jedi are, it seems very important that the Jedi are heroes, that they are good, that they align with kind of our general current cultural idea of what is good. So that makes me think real Star Trek things of like when the Federation is pure, when the Jedi are like, we don't aggressively take people's planets. So we would probably go to a planet and say, would you like to be a part of the Republic? Hmm. While the space Vikings would probably come in and go, we're taking this. Yeah, (laughs) that that and that's really interesting to me. I do love that the Nile have a Game of Thrones house sigil motto kind of combination. (laughs) there. Yeah, (laughs) very great choice, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We do not sew. (laughs) (laughs) Pay the hyperspace (laughs) price for things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, for you, what is exciting in all of this? Just how new it is. Like I said, like the Nile are going to be different from the Sith Empire and the Galactic Empire and the First Order. They're going to be different from the Yuuzhan Vong. Like, this is going to be something that no Star Wars fan has really ever experienced before. We're going to an era that was never really explored, even in Legends. So it's like there's nothing to compare it to. There's no baggage. Like, this is all just new. And that's something that Charles Soule said at the thing. He was like, that was a driving force. It's just us going, what's new that's never been done, but still feels like Star Wars that we can do now. Yeah. Awesome. Molly? Uh, I'm excited about how much of a collaborative effort this is going to be, because I think this idea was pitched originally in 2014, and then they showed a clip uh, in 2018 of like all these creators in the same room talking about the same stuff, and it sounds like all of the novels and comics have been just worked on together by all these creators. And so I'm just excited about how they all connect with each other. Yeah, that was uh, Kevin Scott said that if one of them ran into a little bump in the road, like they they all had a call where they just get on and discuss it. So one person may have written one novel, but like everyone probably had a little input into it. Uh, so it will be a very collaborative experience. And uh, 
after the presentation, I was uh, talking with Mike Siglane and he said that this is like Shadows of the Empire times a thousand. Okay. Where Shadows of the Empire told one story in like three parts and you had to read all the parts to get that one story. But this is going to be like one big story. And then to fill in all the gaps, you'll need to read all the books and all the comics. I'm sure they'll all stand alone. Yeah. To a good yeah. Degree, Did you get that sense that they would stand alone? So if you're like, I just want to read the comic, you would get a fulfilling adventure and it would be more like, hey, a little thing is mentioned. I think so. I'll go into speculation mode again. But uh, I think that we're probably going to get like uh, Charles Soule will set up one hero and then uh, Justina Ireland is going to set up another and then Claudia Gray. And then maybe they're all going to come together as an Avengers type event. I mean, okay. they even called this phase one. Yeah, I was going to say, the idea, <laughs> so. of this, the idea of this being phase one makes me think that this is going to come to an interesting point where they all kind of meet up. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, so the, a couple things that excite me uh, about this, besides uh, punk space Vikings, <laughs> I agree the creative thing. It did seem like they are, the process in a way is practicing what Star Wars itself preaches, where it seems like, each uh, writer creative is going to be able to bring in the parts of Star Wars that really excite them, the flavors that they like. But so they're bringing something unique, but it is still part of a like really cohesive whole. Uh, so I really like that idea of it's going to have that feeling of both individuals, but individuals working together. And I think that worked well with fans. But for me, for the the Star Wars flavors, the uh, Star Wars pizza toppings I like, I'm so stoked about the Jedi. I've always been a big fan of the Jedi. I I, I like the, the prequel story is a story of them struggling. I don't see them as, as villains or mm. obviously they made mistakes. That's the story. But I'm really happy to hear hear them at a time where, yeah, no, they're they're the heroes and they run into conflicts the way heroes do. Um, and to me, I, I want it to dig into Jedi as individuals. Yeah. Because I think too often in storytelling – what is the moral or personality difference between Kiadi Mundi and Plo Koon? Well, maybe we get a little bit idea here and there, but outside of maybe books like Master and Apprentice and in terms of modern canon, it hasn't been as much of an imperative to go, what makes this Jedi this Jedi? What part of their actual own culture do they bring in? Are they impetuous? Are they uh, really calm? Do they think it's a Jedi's job to really experience things? So they love food. Like what makes all of these Jedi individual characters beyond being the Jedi in the story. I'm really, really excited uh, for that. And I think it'll, by definition, you'll have to dig into Jedi philosophy Mm -hmm. because as they encounter different problems, those questions of, well, what do we think is in our interpretation of the code, you know, wherever the code kind of exists at that point, I mean, it's established in Canon, but there could be different interpretations and all of them going, well, I really interpret that the Canon or the code is this, and I think we should approach the problem this way, it opens up to let them be fun, swashbuckling heroes, but to also kind of dive into the depth of themes that Star Wars can provide about what is morally right. Sometimes the answer isn't really clear. I like what you're talking about there because I'm just thinking some of the stuff I, I do enjoy about Fallen Order and uh, with Master Cordova, just his different style and approach to it because this can't necessarily, we're not going to have light side, dark side, you're going to fall. That could very well be in here at any point. The threat of falling might exist, but because, again, I'm not saying this is 100% true, but like there isn't this, oh, the Sith are back, or hey, have you heard about the Sith? Like they're kind of, it's been generations behind. And so what's the internal conflicts? You've got the Jedi Master Padawan system in place. It's going smooth. And you've got thousands of years of 
this is how we do it. No, this is how we do it. What an interesting character study with some great authors that have proven to go into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Jedi, we already know. that That's actually really, really intriguing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex, do you have a thought on that? Well, I was just, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Jedi Order as a whole is different because, yeah, we've only really seen them when they've lost their way to an extent. And to see, you know, what makes them different. This is supposed to be them at the height of their power and at their best. So, yeah, what is it that makes them good? That yeah. They, what, how are they set apart from the Jedi Council of the prequels? I think that's going to be fun to explore. Yeah, yeah. And if the Republic is working well, too, it's, it'll be really interesting to have the Jedi be like, cool, yeah, we don't want to take over the government. You do the government, and you're not doing anything evil, so... Oh, what? People are in trouble on that planet? We're happy to go help. And they also just look cool. I, yes. I love all the new, like, they have different uniforms and like, yeah, they call yeah. it their dress blues and then their mission wear. And <laughs> it, but it all still looks very, uh, almost like armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They're, they're really leaning into like Arthurian stuff. It sounds like they even, they referenced Excalibur and they were trying to say that our inspiration was like the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. Uh, I, I'm excited to see them kind of lean into that fantasy side of things. Even yeah, more. yeah, cool. Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about those robes because I have not been able to stop thinking about them. Uh, so we here on this podcast want to be good Jedi and confront our fear. So what concerns us about this project? Uh, uh, Ken? What concerns me is, uh, for uh, fans like me, we talk about the Star Wars buffet. I am in that bu- part of the salad bar. It's like... <laughs> where's Darth Vader, the emperor and the stormtroopers? Where's my rebels versus the empire? And am I going to be interested in, this is even before the announcement. Am I going to be interested in another villain? And I, you know, you mentioned Yuuzhan Vong. I am infamously, people hate me for it, but I cannot stand that concept <laughs> of the Yuuzhan Vong. And, and, and that's why long before I pulled out of legends, but it just was like, nope, not for me. Even the Grisk in the Thon- Thrawn trilogy stuff going on right now. I'm like, not for me. It's not how I look at Star Wars. But again, this is a buffet. So I've got to confront that and know there's other – there's croutons, there's kidney beans. There's a lot of things <laughs> to put on your Star Wars salad. And all the stuff here – that's why I'm, I keep saying I'm intrigued because I'm intrigued by this world building, uh, this thing they got going on. I know James Wan's involved and he he helped build out the lore in Overwatch. He's got a lot of skills in that and, and every, every one of these authors has been – great and just really kind of diving deep into some deep deep deeper into, into some of the deeper themes in star wars they go even deeper than the deep uh if that makes sense so i've just got to confront that myself because y- you and i know we we have you know you're oh god jedi this is what i did on twitter eh, lightsabers 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 <laughs> yeah and then it was like oh who are these oh looks like the clash in star wars <laughs> yeah uh but space vikings and everything like then that starts pulling in me. So this is this is a personal journey right. for me. Of am I what is Star Wars to me? And if the stuff we're talking about is there, but but uh, you know the Emperor's not going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but every time in in recent canon where we have encountered a Jedi with a little bit more distinct personality and perspective, like you know Cordova, yep. you really like them. I am yep. uh, spacing on his name, but the uh, the Jedi in Master and Apprentice. The cowboy Jedi? The, the, yes, the, the, uh, the, uh, the wearing his bathrobe, having sex Jedi. Rail. Rail, thank you. Yeah. Rail Avros? Yes. Yes. Avros. Uh, yeah. yeah, Rail Avros. Yeah. yeah, so as, as soon as we encounter a Jedi who is a fully fleshed out character who yeah. is also a Jedi, 
you love them. So I think you're going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you mentioned the Arthurian uh, legend stuff. Like I, I, I got a book on my shelf, the Pendragon Chronicles. I am all there for Arthurian stuff. I go to Disneyland all the time, trying to pull that sword out. They won't <laughs> let me. So that, <laughs> that intrigues me. A lot of this is, is trepidations I had going into the project, knowing that it was going to be high Republic and kind of like, what does that mean to me as Star Wars? Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and it challenges me and that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We should be challenged. Yeah. What uh, What are you challenged by? What are your fears, Matt? Or, get, Matt God, I'm sorry, sorry, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess really my only fear is just like this little thing in the back of my head. It's like, you know, what if I just don't like the concept yeah. in the end of the day? And I think that's very unlikely just knowing uh, who the authors are because I have enjoyed all of their work. Um, I love fantasy, like hard fantasy as well. So the leaning more into that, I think is great for me. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, I know that they're going to go hard at this and that it's even bigger than they've, uh, said so far. So it's like, if I don't like that first book, it's like, well, I'm going to be here for a while. Um, <laughs> but also this isn't all they're going to do with the publishing. Like alphabet squadron is still. Have, it has two more books. They're doing another Thrawn trilogy. Like they're still going to play uh, where you like to live. Mm -hmm. And it's not like this is going to be the only thing available to Star Wars fans. But mm -hmm. there is just that little bit of like, I, I, I'm very excited right now. And I hope yeah. that yeah. I remain that way. So you're just really waiting for that first book to knock it out of the park for you and your Star Wars tastes. Yeah. And I mean, Charles Soule's comics have been so amazing. And I have read uh, one of his non-Star Wars novels and I liked that. So I'm really intrigued to see him take on but the, all of them really like mixed up what they normally do. Um, yeah. And so he's doing a novel instead of a comic. And yeah, I'm excited to hear his take. Excellent, excellent. Uh, moving on. Uh, I'm sorry about the Matt thing. I I, I combined <laughs> Alex and Molly in my uh, in my mind, and somehow it came out as Matt. That's what I think you should yeah. name your baby Yoda baby. Uh, anyway, Molly. Uh, I kind of agree with Ken. Like, I am like, where are the Sith? Like, yeah. where's the real evil versus the good in all of this? And we got a little bit of a taste of some of the Ian McKeg uh, mm. concept art, which he did a lot of like Sith concept art, which I think makes me think it's going to be there but they mm. haven't talked about it yet Did mm. they, in, the, in the video where they talk about something wicked with this way comes they get yeah 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 and, yeah, and yeah. We'll t there was another quote that we're going to talk about okay. uh, next a little bit that i think dives into that but that's your main thing if you you want to know that the jedi are going to be fully challenged by the evil or is it more aesthetically you're like i like the sith where where them red lightsabers <laughs> <laughs> it's i guess it's a little bit of both because like i like the idea of this this new these new bad guys uh steampunk rock bad guys but like i want that the evil magic we've got the good magic i want the evil magic to balance it out okay we we've talked about it before just like the idea that this is kind of an exciting time for the sith where they're supposed to be secretive mm -hmm. so it could be a thing where maybe they do pop up and oh. they're like oh but we have to hide we can't openly attack anything oh and they're like great the uh the punk space vikings <laughs> are doing it for us and good maybe, job right. maybe there's helping the Nile behind the scenes. Ah. Yeah, I wanted, that is, uh, that's a great point because even I fall for the trap of, well, look, if the Phantom Menace, the Sith return, wasn't like they just poof came back. Mm -hmm. There was the rule, the line, the line was not broken. And not that I need it. I, I, I think we're on the same page of, I don't necessarily need it. The cackling emperor shows up. I'm also 2000 years old now. Like I don't need that. <laughs> but baby Palpatine. The, yes. Yeah. They're <laughs> <laughs> Build a sheave. <laughs> I don't necessarily need that, but, but it is still at play for me in the story. And I, you know, then we're just openly speculating. 
but they have who's who's behind the Nile? We don't know, but there's something behind it. That's that's intriguing. We'll see if that happens. I always we got to I got to be open to all paths that are opening up up in front of me in this new story. But that that's interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The the Sith are out there uh, haunting yeah. the possibilities. For mm-hmm. for me, the things that I'm afraid of is. I, I don't think this will happen, but what if it doesn't break new ground enough? Because the new is so exciting. And what is it? What if it does feel like eh, we're not quite getting to new stuff with Jedi? We've been here before. I'm not too worried about that with these authors because I think they're all really right. hungry to share new ideas. Uh, so that's a minor uh, fear. Uh, I think my actual biggest fear is I don't want them to limit the Jedi powers. That's why mm. I was never really intrigued by the Yusan Vong. Uh, back in the day when I know everybody loves the Thrawn novels, but the idea of the Ysolomari, uh, or however you choose to say that, uh, having little yep. anti-force bubbles, it's everywhere. It's not a superpower. And if mm. these space Vikings are going to challenge them, I want it to because be because they're like the Mandalorian and they have Jedi tactics where mm. they push Jedi into positions where morally the Jedi could absolutely snap their fingers and break their necks, but they feel yeah. like kind of chess moved morally into their power is being broken. Or, you know, if to your speculation, they're targeting Jedi and they strand two alone on a planet and then send 80 yeah. Nile space Vikings and things like that. All that stuff is intriguing to me, but just any sort of, this planet's not strong in the force and we're depowered or they came up with a device. They hit a button in the Jedi. I, I, ooh, yeah. I, it's one of the only things that really gets me going yeah. uh, in, in the negative side of, of what I like is don't depower the Jedi come up with challenges. Yeah. You kind of just touched on something that okay, this could be a little concerning where we know that the Mandalorian Wars happened and that, yeah, the Mandalorians developed technology to battle uh, the Jedi I imagine we're going to explore that sooner or later, and now it's like, well, I hope the Nile aren't too similar to the Mandalorians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like they're going to be different enough, and maybe they're if they're focusing on these hyperspace abilities, whatever they are, that mm. that'll be distinct. Yeah. Yeah. It, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely a concern to keep that newness actually new. Uh, my only other fear, which is kind of a joke, is what if it's really, really awesome and it just peaks, makes people more critical of the films? <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's, I'm already bracing for the impact of, because of, this is very impressively planned. And we always hear that word, plan, plan, plan. There was just no way to do this with the movies based on the time of the sale. Mm-hmm. You could not. The sale happens in 2012, fall of 2012. They start working on it before, but it really actually happens. So Disney can't touch Star Wars and, and Lucasfilm employees can't – don't know what they're developing projects for in 2012. Yeah. And and you need to have a movie out by 2015, which means it has to start shooting in 2014. There was no way they could have taken uh, the time to do this type of planning that began in 2014 – doesn't see the light till 2018 and and starts hits the world in 2020 and i'm already bracing for that kind of conversation not to mention let's just hire a bunch of uh, cool authors that seem like fun to work with and then find who are the people that we truly want to work with who have different yep. in novel approaches on star wars that they mm-hmm. took the the time to do that and then put them all together yeah like, hopefully people are just able to appreciate it and then like enjoy it without putting anything else down because like i would say that uh i think my favorite star wars thing the past few years has been fallen order yeah and i'm I'm just happy to praise that and i don't need to praise that without like 
Yeah. Pointing yeah. It Isn't whole. it an amazing thing that you can compliment something without tearing another thing yeah. down? Yeah. <laughs> Too bad the movies didn't do X, Y, or Z. It's like, nah, it's just, this was fun. It <laughs> yeah. spoke to me. Yes. Yeah. This one literally has X, Y, Z buttons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just anyway. Uh, so moving on to touch on, uh, I think stuff that you were bringing up Molly, uh, about the scary side and the Sith. Uh, they said in the video and in the text, uh, uh article that I read that the Eureka moment that really excited people about the high Republic storytelling is the question of what scares the Jedi. It was really presented in the video is that's the hook of that. That's what we should be wondering about until August. So uh, I want to talk through that. Molly, I want to start with you. What do you think of when what scares the Jedi? Does that make you feel like, oh, the Nile are just the beginning. There is going to be dark magic. Or, or do you think how, how can the Nile scare the Jedi? Yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle this because when they were talking about the idea of hyperspace being or hyperspace lanes being a new thing. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. But then the Nile are what space Vikings. Okay. I'm down with that. But like, yeah, none of that seems that detrimental to the Jedi for me. So I, I'm curious to see what, what the big disaster conflict is that they're talking about. That's going to happen. Is that going to happen in the first book? I think Charles soul said that's how the first book starts. Yeah. Yeah. Once I know how that goes, I think I'll feel a little bit better. But you want the Jedi to be scared because you are drawn to the dark characters. You cosplay <laughs> the dark characters. You like that element of horror in Star Wars, she right? She built a red lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and her. was asked to leave the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I, I Yeah, I want to see what, what, what else there is uh, for the dark side to play a part in all this. Oh, yeah, that's a really great point of that. Even if the Sith aren't present, the dark side is naturally a challenge to uh, people who support the light. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what are you thinking? Well, I like what you were saying about not limiting them uh, for their powers, but limiting them morally. I think that's a good idea. What scares them is maybe uh, changing their ideals or yeah. having them challenged and having to be like, well, when is it okay to kill someone? And maybe this is, so this is the Jedi at the height of their power. And the, the big thing that they were saying is like the force or for a thousand generations, the Jedi were the guardians of peace and justice until dot, dot, dot. Like that's how they teased this at the start. So maybe this is the start of their decline. Hmm. Maybe this is the last time they were at their best and we're going to see them do some not great things. Yeah. And which characters stick to the light, which characters don't so much, but are still technically Jedi. And it just we could see that start to crumble. Right. Because some Jedi could fall to the dark side without being Sith. And it is interesting. Like people were thinking it was more like 500 years before the prequels. And now it's 200. And yeah, this could be now we fall down for two centuries and get to uh, the prequel era. Yeah, 200 centuries, uh, 200 centuries, 200 years of tumbling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds awesome. What scares the Jedi? What does that mean to you, Ken? Uh, great stuff, because I think on the surface level, you're going to you're gonna think the return of the Sith, uh, mm-hmm. these dark powers losing their powers. But yeah, what, to, to piggyback off what Alex said, which uh, follows something you had said, is what, yeah, what if what if the Phantom Menace uh, is the beginning of what we see that what they fear their loss of of their moral center as an organization, the organization is slipping into arrogance, laziness, and ineffectiveness, or being too wrapped up 
And if, if, if they've been going around for years and years and centuries and centuries and just, we're, hey, we're guarding some peace, we're helping expand, and now there's a, a land war grab and the Republic's getting more involved, hey, you mind heading on out to this new planet we never heard about before? Does that... Is their fear losing who they are as yeah. guardians of peace and justice and having it all slide slowly, 200 years, into what we see? Again, not directly yeah. attached to Phantom Menace, Attack of Clones, Revenge of the Sith, but morally, uh, emotionally attached to it. I, I think that could be something that scares them. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I think the to me the flaw that is on screen in the Phantom Menace is rigidity. We just – we don't right. – we don't trust – we don't train – kids who already have an attachment to their parents because that is a path. Mm. Uh, and without getting too prequel in like, let, hey, let's explain why things happened. I'd be really interested in that concept of rigidity of how many things come up where like, hey, we tried it this way. It didn't work. And now it's like big hashtag never again. And it <laughs> leads to some of the rigidity we see of whether well, there are certain threats that there's, there's no moral gray area for the Jedi. The only answer is you kill them because mm. and that, like that's their answer to the Sith. Everybody yeah. else, I feel like they would be like, well, what's. What's the right path? But no, the Sith, they got to die. Mm-hmm. And if not necessarily a Sith, but, you know, do they do they get to that point where like, here's the the caveats and here's where we get rigid yeah. about them and all that kind of thing. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in them being challenged personally, individually, uh, morally. But the thing that that jumps out to me is if the this group, the Nile, is uh, people who are kind of uh, bound around a philosophy and they come from all they're not just a different species. They're not just. Hey, we found Rhodia and they're right. real different, but a group of people from all of these different systems who all think, uh, you know what? Greed and selfishness are good. Mm. We will take what we want. That's dark side philosophy to the Jedi. And I wonder if they're in a point of complacency where like, well, the Sith have been gone for centuries. Yeah. Maybe there's some rumblings about some rule of two, whatever. You know, probably some people don't believe it, whatever. However, they want to handle that. But to hear, to see a big chunk of different species across the galaxy who have come together and said, actually, greed and possession and violence are exactly the right way. If that might just kind of honestly like hurt the Jedi's feelings in, a, <laughs> in this sort of big cosmic galactic yeah. way to just know. I think, you know, to put it in, in more real world terms, those moments where you have where if you have a specific ideology and you maybe go on Facebook and just see wow, a lot of people have this darker perspective. A lot of people are being nihilistic or angry mm. in how it just kind of makes you feel about the world yeah. and your place in it. Uh, I think there's some great Star Wars storytelling to be done with that, of the Jedi going like, oh, a huge swath of the galaxy is just really down with greed and violence and death? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we're not doing as great of a job as we thought. And I agree with you. I think the Nile, that philosophy has to remain intact, right? It can't be too... Well, our, from our perspective, it makes too much sense, but I, I, so I say that to... If there's some flavor, because I'm listening to you talk about how there's, the Nile's going to be made up of different species and characters from across the galaxy. If a lot of them have had like... Yeah, you ever a bad experience with those Jedi? <laughs> yeah, one of them cut my dad in half. <laughs> he did uh, some wrong. Like having again, I don't want to. I don't want to be go down the too far down this path. Two hundred years before of 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 a negative view of the Jedi. We just did our justice for the Jedi episode. Yeah. Like, don't forget they are the good guys or, or the good good the good team in a way uh, with some complications. But but that fuels some fire into and then by the way greed is good <laughs> yeah and i'm looking forward to that if the of, of some some just good guy bad guy where the nile like 
come in and raid a village and kill people. And the Jedi are like, no, in defense of these yeah. people, we are going to push you very far away yeah. <laughs> with the force in yeah. like good guys, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to get back to something that Alex was talking about, which was a lot of the new stuff. The, uh, the Jedi robes are kind of, they're brighter and they're ornate. They have more like, uh, Jedi symbols on them in some of the, uh, cover art. There's a different lightsaber design where the, the actual cross saber is a physical thing that looks more like, uh, Excalibur, uh, a lot more purple sabers, Wookiee Jedi, mm. uh, what is new and, and exciting? Alex, I'll start with you since you, you kind of got exposed to more of this stuff. Well, actually, I was going to point out something that I didn't. I was like trying to tweet the whole time and I missed. Molly showed me that there's like a new looking darksaber almost. Yeah, it's, it just looks like a black lightsaber. Someone said it was blue with a black core, which I was like, I don't know what ooh. that means, but I like it. <laughs> to me, it looked like the black core white glow mm-hmm. it, it might have had a blue glow and it's not the dark saber yeah but it might be that we get to learn a little more about how the dark saber was designed mm. through seeing this that it has like the same crystal but it doesn't have that kind of like flat mm-hmm. i don't know samurai sword looking thing yeah with the energy in the middle uh it looks like your standard lightsaber but just black and white and so nice. like that's that's interesting yeah. and then there was also that one that has like one hilt but two blades coming out of it oh cool and this is all concept art i don't know if any of it's yeah. actually going to come into play That's this true. this could all just be phil noto being like this looks fun this looks fun mm-hmm. but some of the cover art do they present yes. that as final uh i would assume so and they really did talk about like the cross guard lightsaber quite a bit and they likened it to excalibur but i think there were multiple colors so i don't think it's just one lightsaber that's being passed around but maybe it was just meant to be like an old style sword yeah well maybe that's what scares the jedi is lightsaber shortage (laughs) (laughs) they have to share lightsabers (laughs) across the galaxy ken what are you excited about in terms of of new visually i i am interested in seeing the jedi order functioning at the height of its powers as they keep saying but just also uh how just vibrant and robust they were in these different outfits. I, I personally, I'd love the Jedi robes of the original trilogy prequel era, but I'm also now intrigued to be like, wow, they used to do that. And now they just put on some bathrobes. Like, <laughs> you guys fell real far. Uh, so I'm in- interested in seeing uh, like the Wookiee, the Wookiee Jedi, like that's not something I've gone around going, I want to see that. But e- even with um, the, the, the Padawan and, and the Clone Wars, Gungi. Gungi. I was, was going to look up his name while you yeah. talk. I know. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, I, I, I saw that and that was something that excited me. Like, oh yeah, yeah we're going to get, we can really expand who, who is a Jedi. Yeah. Have fun with that. And not feel I'm tied to Chewie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's, that's great. Buryaga Agathuri is okay. what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> it, did they just say it out loud? Yeah. Charles just said, yeah, that's Buryaga Agathuri. And everyone was like, <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> I loved your attempt to type it out quickly. That was very <laughs> impressive. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited about the Wookiee Jedi because it, it is just, it is new, but it, uh, apologies to Gungi, Padawan. I don't want to know what happened to him uh, from the He's Clone fine. Wars era. He's fine. He's, good. He's fine. He's fine. He's in the world between worlds. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but just the, how exciting it is to remix some of the well-known Star Wars ingredients in it and feel brand new and fresh of just the excitement of the Wookiee. In some different style lightsabers and the, the ornate robes, uh, really interesting to me because I like to think of the robes that we know as like, well, they're they're like they dress like farmers. They're plain and humble. So and these and these people have like a gold cape with Jedi symbols on them. 
if it is just a different style or is it more like we were flying our flag, we were loud yeah. and proud, <laughs> and now we're a little bit more like we're humble citizens of the galaxy. But they mm. were big at the event on saying like everything we're showing you is has it has a purpose. There's a reason the Jedi look like this. There's the reason there's nice. a reason the Nile have gas masks. Like so, yeah, I think what you were talking about the prequels, they're mm. wearing bathrobes. Yeah, maybe their ornate stuff is yeah. kind of symbolic of where their heads were at and maybe yeah maybe they're yeah to that rigidity they're like we shouldn't be dressing like this yeah 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 Yeah. molly any of the other new stuff that you're excited about visually um still very excited to see all the different and familiar um like alien species as jedi but also the different age groups Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure how they're gonna handle the the whole training a padawan thing and how old they are when that begins because one of the stories is about a 16 year old jedi Mm. Um, and a, a lot of female characters I'm very excited about. So, yeah, just different age Jedi for all the different age stories. I, I think cool. the age is probably going to be important as well yeah. and interesting. I want a baby Jedi. <laughs> you want a baby? <laughs> hey, this kid can float box. Uh, He's put ready. Him, put him out there. Put Stick him out a there. lightsaber in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it at your face, kid. Uh, yeah, but it, it, was there anything in what they described or that I'm forgetting that I think I saw a Padawan braid in, in the artwork, but it could be that the training system is less rigid, mm-hmm. right? It could be mm-hmm. a little bit more like um, people of the original trilogy era really imagine the Jedi as more nomadic the way Obi-Wan is like, I found Anakin and I trained him. Mm. Right. You know, it, not like I brought him to the temple and put him into, you know, the K through 12 Jedi school <laughs> system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could be that it is much more like, hey, I found a kid on a planet. He's 12, trained him. Yeah. yeah. It might job. be like recently uh in the comics luke mentioned that some people are just more open to the force and not necessarily more powerful just more open to it and i feel like maybe this generation of jedi were just more their doors were wide open oh yeah i like that (laughs) jedi doors wide open uh so in contrast to the new stuff uh possibly some familiar stuff uh like i said i thought i saw a padawan braid um i don't know if i think the jedi temple seems like it's been establishing canon as being much older so the jedi temple uh is there uh then we have things like the dark saber uh floating around we know that the sith are out there yoda is most certainly alive or a big liar in all other <laughs> existing canon so what what are you wanting for the older the familiar uh between sith yoda familiar planets all that kind of stuff ken i'd love to go yeah, and it, it would dance that line of like, oh, they're on Endor, that thing we know, versus like getting a little more history, planet, uh, an example of Endor. Maybe they do go to the other side. You know, there's something there that just kind of it's fun nostalgia, but with a purpose. Uh, we'll probably have a bigger conversation about Yoda, but just, uh, you know, like I want to see Jedi starfighters of the day. I haven't seen a lot of concept art of ships. Oh, yeah. So what's familiar about that? Uh, and I'm interested in seeing Coruscant 200 years ago and getting to know some of the players there, some of the chancellors and senators and going on. And and I know it's not necessarily going to be about the politics, but it's going to have to factor. The Jedi are sitting right there with them. And that relationship could be interesting and, and seeing a little bit more of the Jedi temple. I, I, I just really like the Jedi temple. I always have since I got to roam around it in that Battlefront 2 game. Like, <laughs> just give me, give me more of that, you know. Uh, yeah. I'd be interested in seeing more of that yeah. Jedi temple. Alex, for old, what are you excited about? Uh, I was also going to say the temple and, uh, Kevin Scott and Dooku Jedi lost mentioned the high Republic a handful of times right. and talked about yeah. like the Bogan collection. It's the secret thing of 
like the Jedi have been collecting dark side stuff and they keep it in this room. And there was yeah, like a yeah. sounds th- dangerous. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there was like a kid that a Padawan that <laughs> yeah. found it. And then like yes. he eventually they said he got kicked out of the order for something. And so like they're already doing some world building that, in books that came out last year. Yeah. because We've been joking about the references in the recent comic books. Mm hmm. I totally forgot that Jedi Lost would have a lot of groundwork be, be put in there. Yeah, yeah. Not surprising Sneaky, at all. Sneaky, false and tricksy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're excited about some of those connections in Jedi Temple, Jedi lore stuff. Yeah, and like Afra has shown a, I think this was older than 200, but she, there is an old Jedi starfighter that she finds at one point. So like I'm excited to see, I'm just a sucker for like, oh, we saw this thing when it was broken and now here it is working. So mm-hmm. like yeah. if we were to... Go to Exegol even if the Sith were to pop up and they're like hanging out on Exegol when it looks a little better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a sucker for any of those kinds of things. Yeah, because it's it's old through a new lens because it's it's right. a totally different time. So how how are things changed at that place or that with that person? And they did talk about like the concept artists. They didn't really show off art of this, but they were like, yeah, people were drawing. What does the Republic look like at this point? So what does Coruscant look like? And mm. so yeah, it'll be cool to see all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's thirteen thirteen, uh, a happening, happy place to live. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, Molly- also, I expect it's going to be not as tall. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. 1313 might be it, it might be the top. It might be the top <laughs> cool. the skyscraper of the day. Yeah. yeah. The whole city is a planet not as tall as it will be in the future. <laughs> uh, Molly, how about you? What are you excited about for old or familiar things? Uh, same. All the same stuff about Coruscant. I'm wondering, like, is is it going to be the same kind of like seedy underground city that we know it to be? Like, how is that going to look different? Is everyone just going to be getting along nicely? Um Exegol you brought up, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. We talked about that earlier, but it'd be... I read it on The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting if they, we just saw a flash of what's happening on Exegol right now. Because, like you said, the Sith are, are around, but they've got to be hiding somewhere, and that seems like a good spot. I'm a sucker for cat and mouse stories. So, mm-hmm. like, I would follow a story of the Sith being like, we're trying to do stuff, but, like, yeah. well, they almost caught us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that big cloud of smoke behind them as they quickly run away. Yes. Get out, get out, go away. Uh, I wonder if Sith aren't phase two. Like, now we've yeah. proved that we mm-hmm. can do really, really new stuff. And now let's deal with, you know, the Sith trying to get their foot in the door of politics, trying to yeah. get their foot in yeah. the door of Coruscant because they are. They're hanging out, you know, and more band or whatever, you know. Yeah, mm. that'd be really interesting to me. Uh, I think for new, I'm all about all the, the or, or old, I'm all about exploring uh, Jedi stuff. But I, let's just talk Yoda. Yep. Let's talk the whatever species Yoda is in the room, mm. Yoda himself. <laughs> uh, th- to me, this is the biggest familiar thing of it's, to me, it's kind of weird if you don't just let Yoda be a part of it Mm -hmm. yoda is not a how can we wedge him in for nostalgia yeah he's yoda he's got to be involved in the jedi order uh and he is you know only 200 years younger than we know him uh so what are your yoda feelings ken my yoda feelings are it makes sense i understand you just mentioned too of like hey they might want to establish this outside of things you know at all new 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 keeps to be keeps being the motto but yoda yaddle Terrasanube. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, what's, uh, Huang, Huang the droid? Huyang, Huang, yeah. Yeah, droid. yeah, Professor Huyang. That, that stuff's established there. I want it to factor in at some point. I, I'll be totally under, understanding and, and respectful of the idea of like, we don't want this to be a middle-aged Yoda adventure. 
totally get that. I don't necessarily think I want that either. But the flavor of those kind of people around, uh, I think, I think would be something I, I would have strong expectations for. Yeah. What are your Yoda feelings? This basically feels like the same way I feel about Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, where I, I don't want Yoda to overshadow anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point in the Mandalorian, I think I'd be okay with Boba Fett coming in. We've attached ourselves to the Mando and mm-hmm. the child. Uh, and if Boba Fett's coming after that kid, we all hate Boba Fett now. <laughs> so I, I just want them to spend some time with the new stuff. And then I think Molly, you actually read someone that said something about Yoda coming back maybe at the end of phase one or. Yeah. And I just thought that that would be a good idea to introduce him towards the end, which that might've been just pure speculation, but yeah, that does feel like an end of phase one kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, to bring this back around to the, the bad guys in the Sith. Uh, <laughs> Get off it. Darn yeah. Yoda. <laughs> and like the idea of bringing the Sith then to phase two, maybe during phase one, Yoda is around, but he is with a couple of his buddies investigating the Sith because we know in the prequels, he knows about the rule of two mm-hmm. and how, like who the Sith are. And, like maybe we find out how he found all that stuff out about the Sith. Yeah, I think there's there's a good conflict in Phantom Menace to be remedied, which all these authors are great at playing with those canons where like Yeti Mundy seems like, well, really, they couldn't have come back. Mm-hmm. And then Yoda's like, but there's always two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So so Yoda being off on an adventure sounds interesting. What were you going to say? Ken? Uh, it, it, the, the battle of the Jedi versus the Sith. I, I understand if there's some resistance to seeing it in some of the this material, because, again, new, new, new is the name of the day. But. In Star Wars ca- canon, that's a thing. It exists. Mm-hmm. It's always there, even though when it, even when it's not there. So to have it played with, but again, a f- second phase of this, I'm totally on board for that because, like you said, I think it's really important for them to establish we can do this without things you're attached to and telling people like me, calm down, have a Slurpee, <laughs> and enjoy what's coming. Yeah, Yoda and Sith are coming. They're coming. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's an interesting question, I'm sure. And I know they've clearly been talking about it themselves yeah i think maybe the this kind of goes to what you were saying molly i think i would be content with it if yoda is on coruscant or doing something else and in particular if he was on coruscant and all of our stories are taking place out on the frontier Mm -hmm. because it feels new and then you could have passing reference of having our you know new Wookiee Jedi roar something about well Master Yoda once said to me so we we know that he's there that's just not where the storytelling is yet Mm -hmm. and then find him Mm -hmm. I think what I don't want is just as much as uh, some people are concerned with a huge effort to insert old characters I don't want a huge effort to remove old characters from where they should be I don't want uh, the way you described it Molly Yoda's on a mission is is cool if it's going to come to be a part of the storytelling but I don't want it to be like Yoda has space flu for these 50 years and he's just I just don't want him pushed out because I don't want it I don't want the new to be against the old I'm excited yeah. for the new I'm excited for zero expectations new ideas but Star Wars to me is always a balance of the new and the old and I and I don't want it to be that yeah. old can't be there when it really should be there he's just been meditating the whole time <laughs> yeah. meditating like every for- chapter begins with a character going oh you just miss master yoda <laughs> yes the comic books you constantly see his shadow around the corner of the jedi temple what, what are you gonna say about that i think that i mean if we're gonna talk about if this story is kind of the beginning of the decline of the jedi i think yoda almost has to be in it because mm. he's seen all of it yeah. He's yeah. he's been there when they were at their best and then yeah, how does he 
come to be on board with like, yeah, we're going to be more rigid or what, whatever the story ends up being. I do think it's important to probably see how Yoda was different at the time too. Yeah. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Uh, all right. So moving on right now, this is publishing. Do you want this to be beyond publishing in terms of like video games, action figures, shadow of the empire was everything. Right. And right now, everything they've announced is just books and comic books, right? Yeah, I think there's plenty of room for that in the yeah. future. I think that they're going to build the world with books and comics first, and then hopefully it's doing well. And then, yeah, EA jumps on board, and I'd mm-hmm. love, I already would be more excited about action figures of kind of these concept characters mm, yeah. over another luke action figure <laughs> yeah so. yeah okay so we're, we're all we're all uh, uh pining for the wookie jedi action figure mm-hmm. ken how do you feel about this do you, are you happy that they're not immediately jumping in and this is just a publishing thing are you hungry for the yeah. full shadows of the empire multimedia experience yeah, first of all heresy heresy for not wanting another luke skywalker <laughs> figure um no yeah and, and, and by the way shout out to all the people tweeting i thought these were going to be movies um go ahead and you know parse your rumors out a little bit more like dive into um I think this is a well play. Alex, you said something in your fears earlier. There's a lot riding on this. There's six years or more of planning, research, how to do it, writing, talent behind it. And if that first book hits and it doesn't work in any way, shape or form, um, and we know some people are going to be disappointed regardless. That, that's that's fine. What do they do if behind door number two is video games, toys, books, plushies, all these things <laughs> like, oh, and it didn't hit. It's a big, big risk, but I feel they're confident. I feel they wouldn't push forward. I feel at any point in the last couple of years, they'd be like, team, it's not working. I think they would do that. They've done that on movies. Kathleen Kennedy has proven, hey, I know we all want Lord Miller to work, but something's not working here. We got to do it. So I, I feel if they're confident, I'm confident. So that way it should open up into a wide open uh, video game, maybe a kind of a new ver- the High Republic version of the Knights Old, Old Republic. You could play along with that. And then because it doesn't touch a lot of the other things we know, you could have a game that's always been Fallen Order, ha- has some boxes around the story because of where it is in that era. Yeah. A High Republic game could be way more open world, not necessarily in, in you know, Red Dead Redemption style, but just it could go anywhere with characters you've never heard of because that's the area, era we're playing. So I, I'd like... Establish it first, some publishing, some great talent behind it, and then we'll move in. I'm sure they're already planning. And yeah, and the figures, right? We'll work behind that. And that'd be fun. So you're thinking that there's the real wisdom of the phase one, not just from the publishing perspective, but from the which characters really hit, which ideas yeah, really or, hit, and then we can bake that into the larger Star Wars world. Go out from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Molly, how do you? I, oh, I was going oh, just to speak yeah. to the confidence that they have. It's really fun seeing all of the authors talk mm-hmm. online about how excited they are to oh, share yeah. all the like they I. I think they're incredibly confident. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's hard to, it, it, as you were saying, everybody always, any Star Wars thing, it might be, there's not enough bounty hunters. Uh, there's not enough dark side. Everybody has their flavors, mm-hmm. but it does seem like these are people with proven track records yeah. in Star Wars. It's hard to imagine the books being like, what? Uh, <laughs> Molly, for you, what kind of, uh, what kind of Star Wars like merch in like physical world objects make, because you engage a lot with different, like, with cosplay yeah. and with different kinds of merch. Oh, I was already thinking about cosplay when I saw all the fancy Jedi robes mm-hmm. and all the different lightsabers, designs, all that stuff looked great. Yeah. What, so what do you what do you want to make this feel like this is fully Star Wars? It's not just books and comic books. It, it can exist in the real world. Well, I was actually thinking animated show. 
Like Ooh. this mm-hmm. sounds like a perfect setup for Clone Wars, but different time. Because we mm. we're gonna get the setup for all these characters, and then I think it would be a perfect time a few d- years down the road to have a similar kind of Clone Wars esque TV show, animated show. Kind of, I was thinking like uh, Avatar: Last Airbender mm. kind of idea um, with these already established characters would be something that I would love to see. Yeah. So speaking of movie uh, and possible television shows of of this idea, the High Republic moving into that era, did you get a sense that this that the publishing is the whole story of this era, or did you get a sense that the publishing side could tell a whole story and then we could pick up three other Jedi? around the same time, tell a diff- an entirely different story hmm. in in movies or television. I think that there, I bet phase one is going to have a pretty clear beginning, middle, and end. Okay. Uh, with plenty of room to expand and continue these characters. I think it'll feel like Fallen Order. Okay. Where I'm like, if they don't continue Cal Kestis' story, I'm okay with that because I loved Fallen Order so much. But there's plenty of room for a sequel, and I'll oh, be yeah. thrilled for that, too. I think it'll probably be, like, that kind of balance, where it doesn't have to keep going. We could just do new characters in the same era, or we can we can go either way. Yeah. How I are you feeling? being flexible. How, how do you feel about the this publishing initiative possibly moving into uh, screen work, movie, TV shows? All on, all on board with it uh, down the line. I understand, again, why it's not right now. Um, you know, things changed dramatically on the film side, so this wasn't probably in the works. Uh, Molly's animated show pitch, just that, just what you, you just won me over in the room. You got go pictures. <laughs> like that, that's a great um, concept. I, I think. I think you can get there, focusing on individuals or, or stories in the movie. Um the High Republic, and, and to, you know, I'm not making fun uh, too much of the people tweeting out. I thought those was movies. The news rumors said movies because that shows there was a passion for it. Yeah, and that might be going back to the confidence thing of, hey, you're hitting an interesting era that people like. So, I, I think I get there. Disney Plus gives them that room to play, and that doesn't have to be in a theater. So, yeah, I, I think it will get there eventually. Yeah. An eventually thing. Okay, uh, we're, we're gonna begin to wrap up. Just uh, two main things I want to talk about left. So. Not High Republic moving into television and film, but just the existence mm-hmm. of the publishing High Republic. What do you think that means for upcoming movie releases? They got that 2022 date and all of these possible different creatives working on things. What does the existence of High Republic mean? Does, do you feel like it makes Old Republic less likely? Does it give you any sense of what the movies might be, Ken? I, I, gosh, hearing you ask that question out loud, like... Yeah, it, it could dampen the chances for Old Republic. Um, you know, the formation of the Jedi is a, a lot different than Old Republic. So would it be too much lather, rinse, repeat of like how different is the High Republic, the Republic itself yeah. during an Old Republic era? And does it, you know, and if just 200 years prior to the story we know, the Gal- the Republic is smaller, well, a thousand years, wouldn't it be like a neighborhood? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't think, I, I think you can still do it. I yeah. Think, especially with the Sith rounds, Sith versus Jedi, really big on your screen could, could work really well. But yeah, now that, now that I think about it, it could, it could, it could, it could really put the old Republic on the shelf. Yeah. For a while. What, what do you think, Alex? I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Like they, the, the stuff we've seen already kind of looks older than what we know from KOTOR. And the original Knights of the Old Republic, it's like, 
oh, well, if it's if it looks like this only 200 years earlier, yeah. What does yeah. it look like 4,000 years ago? <laughs> yeah. uh, They're just wearing rags. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just Jedi with rags around their groins, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> I still think that they're going to do the Old Republic eventually. I wouldn't... I think that maybe now my kind of uh, fear for the next movies is that they will be kind of tied to the familiar and they won't be all that separated from the Skywalker saga because they're spending so much time here going new and I want the movies to do something similar. So I, I would hope that the next movies are going to be like, yeah, the formation of the Jedi, like let's go way back or mm-hmm. jump way into the future or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have a preference between way back uh, Jedi just picking up lightsabers for the first time, figuring it out, fighting with hundreds of Sith versus whatever the future is. Uh, I think I'd prefer to go way back because of my like I, I want to see all that. St- I want to see Jeddah when it was mm-hmm. in its prime, which Got we it. might in this. I want to see more band when it was active. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Molly, do you have a, a, a thought about where the movies might go in response to High Republic? Um, I Yeah, I don't know. This is reminding me of like. We got the original trilogy and then we got the prequels. So I think it would be quite a while between the two, but I could definitely see this as being like, okay, yeah, we're giving you the High Republic. The Old Republic is coming, but it's going to be a while. Yeah. We want you to like this first. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think they would probably have to come up with a different name for it so they really don't yeah. confuse more casual Star Wars fans of the High Republic's the books where they got the capes <laughs> and the old Republic is the movies. Yeah. This is the low Republic. The new, the new Republic. <laughs> they kind of look there. like He Man, but they got lightsabers. That, what's that about? The old Republic. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so you mentioned this, Alex, to, to wrap up our conversation on the publishing side. Um, this is obviously going to take up a lot of bandwidth, a lot of space, but existing characters and eras are going to continue in publishing. Did they acknowledge that much in the meeting or is that you're just going off of what we already know? I'm just going off of we know there's another Thrawn trilogy. Uh, Alphabet Squadron 2 comes out this year and the third one comes out next year. Uh, I don't think that this is going to be the only thing they do from now on. Uh, I haven't thought about what I really want out of publishing because this is what I've wanted. Out of publishing. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying that I, I've enjoyed most of the books and comics, but they've also been very much in support of the movies. Right. Like every time we'd get like a Phasma book for the last Jedi. And I loved the Phasma book, but like, I really missed the legends days where we got to see, uh, the, the books driving, brand new large stories and we haven't been getting that so Hmm. i want to see that again and so now i'm getting it yeah outside of that i'm like uh i don't know more of that (laughs) (laughs) more of that makes a ton of sense ken uh for you because uh high republic is going to take up a lot of time as alex Mm -hmm. is so wisely saying Mm -hmm. the publishing side isn't necessarily going to be in support of things unless the you know mando young reader books are coming Mm -hmm. that i don't know about Mm -hmm. what existing eras or characters do you still want explored in publishing uh i I still want uh, the the post return of the jedi 10 year era really real deep dive into that kind of stuff getting some of those answers that that not that weren't just from Rise of Skywalker, but just just in general, in, yeah. in this time frame, I, I am intrigued with with the formation of the Jedi Order. That whether that was true or not, specifically, and you know, we have reason to believe there was some truth to the, some of those stories. That does intrigue me going back. Uh, and Is that more for movies? More for movies, yeah, yeah. yeah but even but even then, uh, you know, did you? 
I, I think the idea of Bane-centric novels works more for me. You know, you know I'll, res- I'll do respect to Drew Carpetian's novels and, and get him back, just like you had Zahn. Yeah. That, that, that works for me if, if you were to do that. Um, a, ba- ba- a Bane-led story works for me better in novel publishing side than a movie. Yeah. Or a TV show maybe, but like the bad guys up on screen for a movie, it, it kind of it turns uh, turns out storytelling a, a little bit too, too complicated. So give me some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, interesting, but, yeah. interesting. Uh, Molly, how about uh, for yourself? Are there existing eras or characters you still want explored in the publishing side along with High Republic? I, I keep going back to Yoda and just really curious as to what he's going to be up to, but there's nothing else that I can really think of other than the Sith. I'm just... Okay. I'm just dreaming about Sith things. All right, so yeah. Dreaming so about the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Sith books coming. Uh, yeah, for myself, I, I hope that they really flesh out in the publishing side more of the Snoke story, even more of the Kylo Ren story. Some fun stories to be had with uh, Luke having, you know, mm-hmm. Jedi who are out in the galaxy doing things, the First Order in the Unknown Regions, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't want them to just leave on the table and move away. And then for my nerd dreams, there's still a couple of very specific stories in the Clone Wars era. Oh, yeah. I want the new canon version of Anakin's knighthood, how he became mm-hmm. a Jedi, uh, how, what mm-hmm. trials he passed, uh, the, the new canon version of the Scar, and the uh, new canon version of uh, Obi-Wan getting to be on the Jedi Council. I think those are juicy, juicy, important stories that I would still love to hear in publishing at some time. Uh, But until then, I think we have plenty of plenty to read coming out right now. I just (laughs) I saw those announcements last night and thought I'm going to need a new bookshelf. (laughs) (laughs) Just need another row. Yes. A nice, ornate, functional, good, strong bookshelf. Any final thoughts as we wrap up our main topic? I'm just excited. Yeah. I, I'm glad to finally officially be able to not say, like, well, the rumors of the High Republic is like, no, it's the High Republic. Yeah. And we can talk about it. Yeah. We know some release dates, uh, like August 25th, I think mm-hmm. September 18th and October 13th are the three books. And the comics will probably be coming out right around those same times. So I'm just I'm glad to have it confirmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and I'm just excited uh, for the mood. It's exciting to see those covers with just proud, thoughtful, exciting-looking Jedi with their lightsabers looking proud and happy. That looks mm. awesome. Yeah. I uh, started this podcast intrigued, and I'm still right at that spot. I think there's some great potential for me to be pulled in immediately. And 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 don't get me wrong, love what's coming down the pipeline. Love that people are excited. Saw a lot of love for it online last night. But right now I'm just like, I'm very intrigued. Mm-hmm. Get me. My arms aren't folded, but I'm going, <laughs> pull me in, pull me in. I'm ready for the Star Wars Celebration panel all about this and hopefully more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they said they they said we would be learning a lot more between now and the 25th, which right. is right at Celebration. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be giving away like a convention exclusive cover for Light of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, they'll have a panel where hopefully they reveal the start of phase two or something. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And lots and lots of Wookiee Jedi cosplay yeah. in the <laughs> hot Anaheim sun. I'm looking forward to that. So that's it for our main topic. Our big discussion about Project Luminous Revealed. It is the High Republic. And from there, we're going to stick with the light side and go to our segment, The Power of the Light Side. We take a nice, positive Star Wars story from someone in our Patreon world 
And uh, we've got one today, Joseph, from Jonathan Kenneth. Do you want to read this one? Uh, and I'll do the do the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So uh, here's what Jonathan Kenneth says about a powerful and positive moment in Star Wars. From the moments before Snoke is bisected by the Skywalker lightsaber, the last hour of The Last Jedi did something, as Dave Filoni would say, familiar and strange. It made me think, I know these characters, these stories, this universe inside and out, and I have absolutely no idea what is going to happen next. All seems lost. Of course, the next hour would give us desperate battle tactics of jaw-dropping audacity, a resistance so decimated and confronting such impossible odds that survival becomes the only priority and the unforgettable image of our shattered hero, the once new and now final hope, single-handedly staring down the First Order like an absolute legend and sparking a new fire across the galaxy, one that burns bright enough to catch the eye of his slave parsecs away with nothing but a broom, a ring, and a glint in his admittedly force-wielding eye." That I could get so much satisfaction and fulfillment out of such a harrowing stretch of narrative is testament to one of the central themes and powers of Star Wars, that no matter how bad things get in these stories, from which we derive so much meaning in the conversations among this found family of fandom, or even in the everyday trials of your life, nothing is impossible, because when all seems lost, hope springs eternal. I love that. The, the, the word hope has always had meaning in Star Wars, but really they drilled down on it in such a wonderful way, and I love that it shines through Jonathan's story. Yeah, hope, yeah. Star Wars. Really drilling down onto the importance of what is new and unexpected in those moments of Last Jedi, mm-hmm. that it was trying to, to cast the darkest light so that hope that's represented mm-hmm. by the actions of Luke does shine bright. Yeah. yeah. Alex Molly, do you like hope? (laughs) (laughs) maybe in phase two do you like breathing (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you jonathan for sharing that uh, story we love uh, the power of the light side from there we're going to go to audience questions we take these from you online twitter facebook and always two from our patreon page to twitter we go colin sandberg writes in fallen order did you pick one saber color and stick with it or constantly switch it up. I spent most of the game with green, then went yellow after Ilum. So I'll answer real quick. I am really boring. I pick a color and like, yeah, you know, that works. And <laughs> I just stick with it all the way to the end. I think I did switch early on to purple when you could, and that was it. I was done. Okay, so you my switched to purple and done. My answer's boring. <laughs> uh, Joseph? Uh, for myself, early on, I, I went back and forth between blue and green and then settled on blue because it's mm. a classic lightsaber color. And then after uh, you get to a point where you know that you can change it, mm-hmm. uh, I switched to the uh, double-bladed yellow lightsaber. And it's just feeling the yellow. I was just, mm. I, I, the, the narrative that, of that video game made me feel like I was defending mm-hmm. the Jedi institution and, and keeping it alive. And that spoke to me. And I'm really glad that I had that experience because it made me like the reveal of Ray's lightsaber even more. Cause it's like, yeah. it like me <laughs> in Jedi fallen or it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Molly. Um, I have still yet to play through the campaign, but mm. I am so indecisive. I feel like I would constantly be changing the color. Yeah. <laughs> once given the chance. I get bogged down in logistics which is silly. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even change the paint job on the ship because I was like, I don't, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I'm flying around the galaxy. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Alex, I saved you for last because this is your jam. <laughs> well, that's, I am usually like that. I tend to not yeah. really care about cosmetics. Like, yeah. I'm here for the story. And yeah, like, yeah. I didn't really change BD1 or Cal's outfit or mm-hmm. I just liked the You didn't standard. go to the pink poncho? Uh, I think I did for a little bit because it's funny. <laughs> but I changed my lightsaber constantly. <laughs> like, every time I was back on the ship, I was like, I got some new pieces and I would just like to uh, well, fiddle what, with it. Yeah, once we found out we could change it to 
the lightsabers that we made at Galaxy's Edge, we were oh, like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. now so we got to make my lightsaber. Yeah. So I was just constantly like anytime I got a new piece, I'm like, slap that on there. And what color goes best with this material? And like, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I changed it a lot. Uh, and then it, after Ilum, when you get like mm. too many colors, yeah. uh, that was even more of a problem. But I also went yellow for wow. right out of the gate at Ilum. Yeah. Mm. Do you have any instinct as to why you did that? Yellow is my favorite color. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Is it because if that's the color, dominant color on Big's Darklighter's helmet? Is that? It might be. Is that oh, nice, nice, nice. Paul. All right, all right. So if you get a mustache <laughs> lightsaber at any point, that's where it's gone. There you go. Uh, next question comes from uh, Kyle Barrett. Now that this saga is concluded for the third time, will we see a classic opening crawl in future movies? Will the text, excuse me, the next set of films do without it, like the anthology films did? Or will it continue on into whatever the next saga is? If so, will the classic theme music return? These are important questions. We have strong opinions as Star Wars fans <laughs> about these crawls. Uh, Alex, I'll start with you here. Do you need the crawls? Did you enjoy what Rogue One did, this weird cold open? Or Solo with a little story? Which, by the way, I didn't realize this is exactly what Ron Howard did with Willow. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's the same kind of line, line, line mm. movie. So interesting connection there. Where where you where you want your crawls? Or you want your crawls at all? If we're going into a new kind of saga, if it's a new trilogy uh, and it's really unfamiliar, I think there should be a crawl. I think it should be different though. Somehow, yeah, maybe yeah. it's not yellow. Uh, maybe it's in a different font. I don't know. Mix it up <laughs> and like, I I think that there should be new music. Just John Williams won't be doing it anymore. Yeah. He has the Skywalker saga music. I think that there should be something similar but different. Just yeah. like to really drive home, like it's still Star Wars, but it's somewhere mm. new. Mm. That was my thought. first thought. Yeah. Still want the crawl. Definitely want new music. Mm. Um, but it's got, you know, it's got to live up to John Williams, which is going to be tough. Yeah. Good luck to whoever. Well, that's it. There's a lot good of luck good. to all musicians. They're doing their best <laughs> yeah. to live up There's to John Williams. There's a lot of great options, but Raman Jawadi, Game of Thrones, and so mm-hmm. many other things in Westworld included, of course. But just with Game of Thrones, when you go see it in concert, you realize, oh, he, he did the same thing. Theme, story, it's told through music, everything. Like, if he was given the chance to build a new Star Wars song set i think mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd be really excited not about that yeah. anyways different conversation for another day yeah. but part of this one right now joseph crawls music what do you got yeah i'm i'm fully in the camp of different music uh partially for the new but also like that that sound is to mm-hmm. me that theme is the story of that moment it is yeah. the birth of rebellion it's the age of you know rebellion yeah. and yeah. resistance and that's what that music means yeah and just like i love the music in mandalorian because it fits that yeah. What it, I want the music to fit whatever the story is. Mm-hmm. So if it is the old Republic and if technology is really stripped down, maybe like a stripped down um, non-orchestral theme that has a different, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm talking woodwinds and electric guitars and timpani drums, just like, but, but whatever fits, like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it should be like, you know, a James Bond <laughs> song with lyrics. I'm a, not, yeah. That might be too different for me. But my point is the music should match yeah. that story, not just be the new Star Wars right. theme. Uh, because totally it's, it's got a match for the crawl. I want something crawl like I think Rogue One would have benefited from contextualizing where the viewer is. Uh, but I just really want something different, even if it's visually or like we've talked about before. I like I really like the Clone Wars animated series that basically yeah. the news report from the narrator is the crawl. So whatever makes sense for that mus- uh, that story, I want it a 
different, it's same idea, totally different uh, way of presenting and creating it. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff all around there from Patreon. We go to Paul Wright, and Paul says, Hey, with George appearing on set on Mandalorian so much and genuinely appearing to appreciate Favreau and Filoni's work, is it getting more likely we'll get him directing an episode moving forward? All right. Yeah, George taking those selfies on the set. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's appeared on a lot of things, uh, Star Wars. I think he was really supportive of Ron Howard and Solo because of their connection. But, uh, Alex, uh, he has been around. You, we know George loves tantalizing technology, right. which Mandalorian has. That's what I would I, – I think it's unlikely. I think he's probably done mm-hmm. with Star Wars, but – I think he's probably really intrigued by mm-hmm. that those virtual sets, which are amazing. Yeah. Like we were watching the behind the scenes thing they recently released. And I was like, I would have like bet all my money that that was a, a mm-hmm. real set that mm-hmm. some of those people were on. And I was like, nope, yep. <laughs> it's like all digital. So that's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could see him wanting to play with that. Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't say never, but. I think he's probably happy to just kind of like sit back and not have to deal with Star Wars fans anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Joseph, what do you think? Yeah, I can see him maybe doing Mandalorian specifically because of the technology and also because Favreau seems to be just super clear on what he is doing. So I, I can see Favreau being like, hey, George, I'm, I'm, this is a total episode of the week. You can here's the box to play in within that. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I think Lucas would want to be able to play. Yes. Not just to be to execute a chapter of somebody else's story. I think he would want to be able yeah. to have some elbow room. So I think if uh, Favreau could create an opportunity for him to do that and just basically like by the end of this, uh, Mando needs to have lost his helmet. Besides that, yeah, go crazy. <laughs> Probably not that because that would be a big, big deal. Uh, he yeah. needs to lose some shin armor. Yeah. <laughs> also, George Lucas is too busy uh, writing and directing all of Cassian Andor. Yes. As we learned in that yes, totally true news yes. report uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Absolutely there. Uh, and uh, scouting locations for the Obi-Wan movie, right? Wasn't he doing that too? Yeah. Uh, Molly, you um, want George and his flannel back in any way, shape, or form here? I, I, I don't think I see him directing anything. Uh, but I, I like what you said about him being happy sitting back and seeing on the new stuff. I think he is legitimately starting to enjoy Star Wars again, hopefully, mm-hmm. and just enjoying seeing where it's being taken by new creators. So yeah. I hope he's, I just hope he's happy. <laughs> uh, we always want George happy. I think he's always going to be 30% grumpy at least, sure. uh, which is part of why we like him as well. Yeah, he no secret he loves this kind of storytelling. That's why he was so into the Clone Wars series, Young, uh, young Indiana Jones uh, Chronicles, uh, potential series in the mid-2000s. So I think he's excited about it. I think to sit back uh, and just give ideas when asked is important. If he were to do it, because it's, you know, there's like, oh, you could see how a path to him directing an episode. I wish it was totally secret. No one knows. Episode comes out. We all go, wow. And then directed by George Lucas. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be amazing. Pretty impossible <laughs> these days, but uh, it would be the way I'd want it. Thanks for that question, Paul. Final one of the day from Robin Nilsson. So the Knights of Ren, the bad boys of Star Wars. What kind of music would they play as a band? Heavy metal might be the obvious choice, but I like to see them as a real edgy boy band. <laughs> what would you like? The Knights of Ren, Molly, they come up on your car. What music are they playing? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, heavy metal would be my my go-to, but edgy boy band just sounds 
I, I love that. I feel like mm-hmm. it'd be difficult to dance and all that. Get yeah. up. They would hurt each other a lot with their <laughs> weapons. I think yeah. they'd find a way. They'd find a way. I like yeah. to. I like the idea of them having groupies. Yeah, and they're all kind of like dressed similarly, but just the happiest people. <laughs> you want like VH uh, one be behind the nights. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? I guess I could see them. I mean, with Kylo Ren as the front man doing some mm. really emo. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, like early two mm. thousands mm. angsty, the nasally stuff. Right, yeah. stuff that you love exactly to sing at the karaoke. Stuff I grew up on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like photograph. We're talking like <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, my answer is just simply that they'd open up for Rammstein, uh, some nice German heavy metal. It's just clearly, it seems like every one of their names is inspired by that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you're a big Guns N' Roses fan. Yeah. Because if I could see them opening up for Guns N' Roses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Dodger stadium. Get yeah, up there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so hard to get away from the heavy metal. What amused me yep. is the idea of them doing this fad that happened in the eighties of, all of your songs are really aggressive and angry, except for your one power ballad, <laughs> <laughs> like like Guns N' Roses "Don't Cry," you know. Uh, so big, uh, yeah. yeah. I would I would love it if they all, they were a heavy metal band, but they only did power ballads, <laughs> and all of the ballads were about Kylo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Is he coming home to us? Yes. Kylo. <laughs> that's, that's the answer right there. Uh, thank you, Robin, Paul, Kyle, and Colin for all your questions today. If you want to reach out to us with a question, uh, you can do so via many ways, including on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You can like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Just search for it, and we might be there. And if you search for it and don't find us, let us know. We'll try to add that as well. We have merch available, T-shirts and the like, stickers too, t public.com slash user slash force center and as you heard today a lot of places to reach us whether it's the power of the light side or patreon questions at the end joseph they can go to patreon.com slash force center that is right uh thank you to everybody who has been uh participating in the patreon and getting access to the discord server where we have like nice friendly uh, star wars conversation which is great we've passed some goals and we'll be uh, announcing some uh, new plans hopefully very soon as we work out the details mm-hmm. to find out more about that you can go to patreon.com slash force center it's time to put ourselves over and we're going to start with our wonderful guests you know them on their youtube channel star wars explained you guys should check them out and if you're studying for a trivia contest (laughs) that might be a good place to go until you have to face one of the people behind the channel uh alex molly tell them where they can find you and any other things you're working on that you want them to know uh, yeah, our YouTube channel is Star Wars Explained, but I have started talking about Indiana Jones as well. Ooh, I love because it. Right. I love it. <laughs> uh, and we're on Twitter at Star Wars Explained. Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah. It's pretty much all Star Wars Explained. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. On, I'm on Twitter at Molly Damon, and we also have a Patreon. Hmm. That's Star Wars Explained. And we, we, we've gotten through a lot of the movie commentaries. We've started on... The Ewok movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Very excited to get to those. <laughs> Teak is in the house. Uh, for us, uh, Joseph and I uh, have our own uh, uh, own adventures all throughout this galaxy. You can follow mine at uh, KenNapsock.com. Follow me at KenNapsock. Uh, still, yeah, still coming up next week, actually, uh, in Las Vegas. Oh, my gosh. i got to start 
packing for that. Uh, we will be at uh, Mark Ellis, Josh McCuga, and I, and special guests at the Mark Ellis and Friends Comedy Show at the House of Blues Inside Mandalay Bay. Go to markelleslive.net to link to get some tickets. Uh, Joseph, uh, you're performing as always, and uh, you know things you can't share. We know now, but what can you share? <laughs> uh, not that much that I can't share. I you know record a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of <laughs> sharing. So really, sharing. I mean, the, the thing I need to do is stop sharing so much. Uh, but if you do want to hear me do some more Star Wars talking this week, I am on the podcast Star Wars Minute. Uh, we are discussing Rogue One. There's a little bit of a Jin and Cassian fighting on the ship, and then we go to Vader's castle, and there are a lot of different opinions about Love Vader's that. castle that we discuss. So check out Star Wars Minute. Uh, and then if you wanted to see a show here in Los Angeles this Friday, I'm doing my comedy variety show, Game Night Variety Show. Info on all that is on my website, josephsgrimshaw.com, on the live shows page. You can find out about Game Night. And then you can find me on social media. Uh, Twitter and Instagram in particular is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, I hate to extend the show, but we are recording this and breaking news just happened. Oh, what? Uh, oh, that no. is definitely affects Star Wars, uh, <laughs> oh, but no. not specifically. Bob Iger has stepped down effective immediately as the CEO of Disney. What? Immediately? Effective immediately. He has stepped down. Uh, Bob Chapik, uh, most recently served as chair- chairman of Disney, will assume the role of CEO. I don't know if that's interim or going forward. Uh, Iger will stay involved in some capacity as an executive chairman. Uh, so Bob Iker, Uncle Bob, who has had a lot to do with Star Wars the last few years, yeah. has stepped down. Breaking news right as uh, we're recording here. Probably happened a little bit ago as we're recording, but yeah. No why. Keep, uh, no why that I can find out yet or that doesn't have a uh, video attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, does, I mean, we know he was talking about going down, you know, eventually retiring. And, but and immediately, all kind of is, yeah. immediately is yeah. odd for a person of his power. Yes. Yes, it is. Unless he just didn't want to deal with the speculation, the discussion, but it it would seem like that would be a grooming process. Yeah. Maybe he just really wasn't a fan of the High Republic. (laughs) (laughs) He really did. Well, I think the thing that's going to affect us a lot is we're going to have to change the name of IgerCon to who's the new executive who's going to do the business calls? ChappicCon. ChappicCon. Very exciting. Sometimes cons (laughs) rebrand. That's true. So, uh, hey, there you go. Uh, We'll talk more, uh, I'm sure. And and again, this isn't uh, for for Disney and Star Wars. Iger was all over Star Wars, good and bad. And they're, 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 there's a lot to that. There. Took personal responsibility from some major yeah. decisions, like the release of Solo, which, mm. you know, the release time of Solo might have mm-hmm. uh, affected all of the existence of Star Wars we know today. What does Bob Chappick think about Solo? Is the question. <laughs> yeah. It's Bob Chappick? Chappick, Chappick, Chappick. But it's Bob. Bob. <laughs> okay, so we're what still... Bob? Another Bob. Okay, so other Uncle Bob. Great. <laughs> Just turning into a... Uh, uh, Just name it BobCon. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's now a scene in office space. The Bobs are here. The Bobs, Bobs here. of Disney. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about that more next week yeah. on Force Center. But for now, for our guests, thank you for coming on out and spending time with us. Alex and Molly Damon, check them out at Star Wars Explained. For Joseph, for Jennifer out there in our Force Center family still, and me, we'll see you next time on Force Center.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.